the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one none of the rulers of this world knew this wisdom if they had known it they would not have crucified the lord of glory however as the scripture says what no one ever saw or heard what no one ever thought could happen is the very thing God prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God made known his secret by means of his spirit. The spirit... Thank you. So if you noticed in verse 6, verse 4 had said that when he came to the Corinthians, he didn't come with words, say many things, but with power. He demonstrated power. By verse 6, he says, it's not that there is not a wisdom. But he said that the wisdom is for those that are mature. You remember? Good. So by the time he gets to chapter 3, he says, brothers and sisters, I couldn't. He's continuing. You know, he had, he had been talking to them. Oh, remember when I came to you? Ah, yeah, I didn't come with plenty words and all that. You know, trying to convince you and use big words and high sounding wisdom ah but 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 there is a wisdom base for those that are mature and it's revealed to us by the spirit i things eyes have not seen ears have not heard and so on and so on and then he went on he began talking about it but the natural man can't understand the things of the spirit and this is foolishness to them he said all that all that then he got back to the point and you guys ah you guys were babies um, they couldn't talk to you uh, how how could i talk to you about that. so i only gave you milk I'm sure the people were feeling very cool with themselves. Have you read the whole book of First Corinthians? It's the book, it, if you want to know about gifts of the Spirit, where do you go to? If you want to know about uh, the body of Christ uh, and how it links together, where do you go to? If you want to know how to deal with sin in the body of Christ, where do you go to? Good people. Milk. Everyone should say, Out. I didn't say out. What is in you? I don't know if you understand that. <laughs> mm. the, I, I hope you understand that Paul taught the Corinthians about the power of God, the Spirit. He taught them about about how things can happen by faith. How you can. He, it, 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 it's. In this same book that he said that when you come together, chapter 14, verse 26, when you come together, one has this, one has that. You're speaking in tongues. Be organized. Be orderly in your meetings. Don't be disorganized. To these children, these, in quotes, children, were operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Because that's what they had been introduced to. But that's not necessarily the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is more, is communicated more with words. You see how people are running around all over the world. Nigeria is a prime place now. 
running around to see things happen, do things, see things, do things. I want to see something. Because of it, people are following the real and the fake and all that. They want to see miracles. They want to go to church. They want to see things happen. Things, 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 things. Where is it happening? Where are things shaking? You know, when we used to have Bible studies a year ago and all that, we'd have Bible studies, just Bible studies. We weren't even meeting on Sundays. We had Bible studies like this on Wednesday. That, that, that was all. People would come, but not too many. Few people. Then when we'd have tarries later, around August, September, like that, more people would come. People that would come for tarries wouldn't come for Bible studies. Some, like, people want to go for a tarry. They want to see the power because when we come to the tarry, then we pray. Bible studies, we just talk. Talk, ask questions, talk, discuss the Bible, open, answer questions. But the tarries, we will talk to, but, oh, there's a place for Holy Ghost. And there's a lot of screaming and shouting and rolling and just Holy Ghost doing things. More people will come. And there are people that wouldn't miss tarries. But Bible studies, for what now? They will talk plenty. But the truth of the matter is that the wisdom of God for the mature and for those who want to mature is not going to be found with those who only like to see things happen, who want to see gifts of the Holy Ghost at work. That's why I can tell you, in, <laughs> I don't know if this will scare some people away. Don't be, <laughs> okay, truth be told, I can't stop the Holy Spirit. Um, we, we try to be yielded, so we will let him do all he wants to do, as often as he wants to do it, okay? But the true balance is in a combination of the two. There has to be a combination. There has to be a place for the power of God. And there has to be the place for maturity. And maturity doesn't come through laying on of hands. could lay hands on you till you lose all your hair. You go bald. And you're as immature as you were the first day you came to know God. You can't impart maturity through your hands. It, it doesn't happen. It has never happened. It will not happen. You can't impart maturity through touching so through blowing on someone. It can't mature you. It can deliver you. It can trigger something. It can cause the Spirit of God to move on you. But it won't make you grow up. Like if you were a baby in the Spirit before they blow on you, you'll still be a baby after they've laid hands on you. But if you learn, if you listen, if you learn and ask questions and study, and take notes in your heart and mind and probably physically and follow along, you will likely grow. Because when storms come, storms do not look at gifts. Winds and rain and floods don't come. This person knows power. What keeps you through storms, real storms and shakings and quakings and all that is an unchanging trust. In God's ability. And that trust can only come from maturity. There are things you look at an older person not fret about. And you wonder why he's not so agitated or worried. Or sometimes you see an older person agitated, moving. And the younger people are thinking, what's wrong? Why are we worried? Nothing is happening now. Why why all the agitation? But the older person has seen this thing happen three times in his lifetime, from the time she, the person was five years old, 
till now that they are 55. And they look at it and say, this is always the sign before great disaster. And they start running around, adjusting, making changes. I don't know if you're following me. The person has seen that thing happen, those signs, three times in their life. Every time, one hour later, there was great disaster. A sudden stillness, as if nothing is moving. Maybe something like that. Maybe the calm preceding the storm. And they know. Or in the sea, they are in the middle of the sea. And they've been, you know, and the sea has been, and then there's a lull in the tossing. And they realize that it's because the big one is coming. And they start making everyone to the oars, row away. And the new shipmate that came on board is wondering, why, what's all this running around for? The sea is more still than it has ever been. But the one who has an experience knows things that you don't know. It could happen with anything. It could happen with a car. A car starts having a funny sound or doesn't have any sound at all. And someone says, ah, this is so nice. This car has no sound now. It has no sound because the engine is off. You're moving on momentum. And when it is time to slow down or stop, you won't be able to. Something is dead, like you're in bad shape. So what one person reads into a certain sign a mature person will read something else into it. Someone goes, oh, I have a little pain here. And someone gets agitated and goes, it's just a pain. You're like, no. Well, when did it start? You're feeling very thirsty, right? You have a wound under your foot. Yes. When did you have it? I stepped on one stupid nail three days ago. I hope you know someone is in danger of... Uh-huh. But the young person is like... Well, just a minute, I didn't even cry. <laughs> Tetanus infection, fool. Death is nigh. You don't know what nigh is. Oh, King James, okay, death is near. But the person, so, uh, so knowledge, experience. So, mm, did not one small snake, I was just doing something, I just went, it, was, it wasn't painful, it was just a small prick. Don't worry, I killed the snake, stupid snake. When did it bite you? How did it look? It was brown. Had strange markings like diamonds on it. When? As I was coming back about 30 minutes ago. The way you grab the person, throw inside the car, and take off. They will be saying, what, what? Let me change now. I haven't even eaten. You were, who is talking to you? Ma! You know, if it's in a place where, you know, uh, where they have antivenins and all that. Get there. Hey, he's been bitten by a rattlesnake. You know, you, the person knows what to, it's not, you, you can't know that from just being, you know these things from experience, from, I don't know, you may have watched movies like this where something happens and there's someone that just knows and other ones just, Johnny just come. Huh? Or is it J- Jenny? Janet. I think, I think I prefer Janet. Janet just come. Why does it have to be John, John, Johnny? <laughs> so, you know, it's knowledge. No, in the same way, spiritual things. When you mature in spiritual things, there are ways you react. Someone might have a vision. Someone might have a dream. Someone might sense something. Two, three people might say, "I, I was reading my Bible. I saw this." Another one says, "Ah, me too. Do you know? Just the other day, I was just thinking." And someone is listening to them. And next thing the person says, everyone, we are fasting from tomorrow. And you're, for what now? Is there any major thing? Have you heard that they are marching in from Cameroon with guns? 
Because you have not learned to read signs. You don't understand. In your mind, if it's going to be a big thing, there will be an angel coming. That's the sound of the wings. No. I am Gabriel who stand before the Lord. I'm here to announce. Call the church. Let them fast. Let them pray. For trouble is at the doors. Yet three days. <laughs> and that would be a function of your thinking. You know, that you think, after you've hung, hung around God long enough and no angel has come, before the worst disasters of your life, you learn to look for the small signs. When once it occurred and you're like, when you're thinking about it later, what, what, God, did you even warn me? Eh? And over a period of one year and a half, he begins to show you. Remember I showed you this, and this, and this, and this. The, not at once, so. It is why time has a part in maturity. There's nothing you can do about it. And he begins to lay it out to you, gradually, 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 gradually. And after two and a half years, I'm being nice because sometimes it takes five to ten for you to even understand what happened in your life. And you put, and you're like, oh. Some even think after one year, I understand what happened one and a half years later. Uh, maybe I didn't understand fully. Okay, I think I'm understanding, but I understand now what happened uh, by two and a half years later. I really understand three years later. I think I understand all that, that your confidence is reducing all that uh, too much boldness okay I think Father God is there anything more <laughs> you're getting humbler some people don't learn from anything but if so after that has happened three years four five years passed and you were able to understand some things in different areas and you realize that those were the signs those were the hints and you're learning, but you're wondering, God, why didn't you just say it clearly? And he keeps telling you, no, that's not how I roll. The most high has his way. He doesn't do it like that. One of, this one is for free. One of the reasons why God doesn't always speak so clearly, because he's typically interested in teaching you many other things, with everything. You would want him to, how many of you are people like, you like things just going straight to the point. Let me see your hand. Just like you straight to the point. Good. You will have problems with God. Who has been a Christian for a while. He at least born again 10 years. And you've tried to love God a bit seriously. I have few people. Does he seem to ever do that thing? Straight to the point. <laughs> it's like God does not believe. It's like he's against his beliefs. I don't know what God has faith in. I think himself. But he does not believe in straight to the point. Straight to the which point? Point. The question is, what is the point? He has 55 points to teach you from the one. That's the, that's the point. He doesn't have one lesson to teach you. He has multiple things to teach you. And then he uses one experience. And it's like, how many moves can you make on, make on a draft board with one? God is the worst. His board, I don't think, how many squares are there? I don't know. I think his board is as big as the earth. And he just goes tap, 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 tap. He can seem to wait. But his moves are not like yours. There's nothing about him that is like you. He said as high as the heavens are above the earth. So are my ways above your earth. Ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. I don't think like you. I am God. And you want him straight to the point. Mm-mm, God, mm, me. So people that like concluding very Quickly about what God intended. Ah, I know what happened. I, 
I know why I stumbled. You know, you try not to discourage innocent souls. <laughs> but sometimes we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you hear, if it's an, someone that understands a bit, they'll say, yeah, that, that possibly one of the reasons. You wonder, no, no, I know, no, I know. Sometimes you're talking to someone, you don't even, you can't seem to bother to want to explain it all. You know, one of the good things about having mentoring in your life is it will save you from a whole lot of, um, read books, read Christian books, okay? Read Christian books, listen to people that have gone before you. Deliver yourself from going around reading books on how to make money and become other. Leave those things. They will not teach you how to mature. How to be rich before you're 28. Um, this, that. How to count your first millions before you are five. Just, just forget those things. And focus on learning how to stand. How to grow spiritually. How to and then if you also have human beings that, but it's just that there are few that have walked with God and loved God and sought God and there are few because the shepherds, ah, mm, don't know. But if you have people, you have in this place, you have older people that have walked with God. Hang around, ask questions. Ask. It will reduce your calamities. It won't take away your trials and tribulations. You have your own apportion for you by the king himself. There's nobody that can do anything about it. Anyone that tries to even save you from all your troubles is, <laughs> is lying. Every time you say, I have a problem, kneel down here. I remove every trouble. Hey, they don't like you. What the person is doing is, if he even has any authority to hinder it a bit, he's accumulating it for you. You don't understand? Enough receipts. You don't understand. Like if that person, may, they, may nobody have such authority in your life. Oh God. What I mean is, may they not actually be empowered by God to hinder every trial you are to face. Because if you are going to end up walking with God and go where you should go, all those trials will shift and go and wait for you till you leave the person. When there should have been three trials for the year 2018, you start counting from 214, all the ones, 3 3 every year. 3 times 4 is how many trials? So by the time you get to 2018, you have 12 trials at once. Because nobody is there, you're on new service now, nobody is there to block your trial. They're waiting. They can't go away. You're busy praying, God, I want to grow. God is saying, You will grow, my child, you will grow. All the trials you avoided, oh yeah, line up. Because you have to. They are tests. It's, that's like you saying, I don't want to do year two. Really? No, you will do it. You must pass each. It must be shown. You passed year one, first semester, second semester, year two. That's how to mature in God. Maturing God, it's also why it cannot be head knowledge only. It cannot be head knowledge alone. It must be experiential. You must experience it with God. He doesn't do these theory classes only. No, you touch it, you feel it, you handle the classes of God. God's classes are... are so he can teach you stuff. I mean, how many things have I... There are things I learned 15 years before I experienced them. I knew it all here. 
practicals came 15 years later. 20. You know it like we could discuss it. It's important to know the theory version. That's what studies in the Bible will do. So that when the practicals come, what do you do? Many people can pass the theory. When they come to practicals, they change their mind. They, they throw away the theory. An example, walking by faith. Trusting in God for provision. Ah, the Bible says, they can say it. Then when it gets, when it hits them, they start adjusting. Then they start reversing what, then they, th- that's when people start abusing the Bible. They look at their experience, they look at their lack, they look at what they must do to overcome the lack. They say, um, that scripture cannot mean that because what I'm experiencing now, nobody can be expected to win or overcome in this situation. So, it must mean that. So, they change the scripture to fit what they want to do to escape the troubles they are facing. They have failed. They have just failed. The, the, the word of God, they have made the word of God of no effect. But they knew the theory before they faced it. But when they faced it, so people, ah, we believed long ago. We believe in the Bible. We believe in healing. How do you think the cessation view came into being that says that God does not heal anymore? Because people entered a phase and they didn't have the power of God. They couldn't heal. They couldn't see miracles. Not that they were not people in some place healing and seeing miracles. But they were not healing or seeing miracles happen. So what did they say? Oh, you know, that scripture must mean that. When we were children, we thought like children. Now that we have grown, we are men, we think like men. So what is it to be children when you needed the gifts of the Holy Spirit to heal, to prophesy? Is it prophecy will pass? This is 1 Corinthians 13 I'm quoting from. You know, is it prophecies they will pass? Is it this? Ah, But when that which is mature, perfect has come, there is no need for this anymore. What do they now say that which is perfect? This is where it gets really stupid. Like, it, it's so annoying. I wish I could hold the people that preach it by their two ears and like, sick. Like, even if you want to tell a lie, who gave you the right to think we are so stupid that you could tell such a lie? If you attend any of those churches, go and ask your pastor. Pastor, wait, open this place. E- explain. Pastor, please, can I do anything I'm led to do by the Spirit of God? They say yes. Say, yeah, of course, of course. What does this place mean? As he reads it. So this place means that when that which is perfect, that means the Bible. Bah, pastor, Pastor, that was by the Holy Ghost. I am I'm telling you the truth. That, that was God. I couldn't control it. Be, because it just is so dumb. How, how is the Bible that which is perfect? The word perfect there is telios. It means mature. It doesn't even mean... See. You know, and it's so annoying. Because by the time First Corinthians was written, how many books were remaining to be written? A few others. A few others. It is love. The chapter itself tells you. When that which is perfect is come, there will be no more need for prophecy. But before that, we must mature till we come to the stature of Jesus. Ephesians 4. You must grow till we are like Jesus. Together. Who is even, are we even near to being like Jesus? So which one is this discussion? Before then, you must be doing miracles, signs, wonders, prophesying. You must need apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Until then. And then when that time comes, only then. 
And that is when we have come to the fullness. The, the same, a few verses later, two or three verses later, he says, these are by faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. He was simply saying, when we get to love, the fullness of love, there's no need for faith anymore. There will be no more need for faith. Why? Because you will be like God. God is love. God is love. Why will I need tongues and interpretation and prophecy? When I know you as I'm known, I hear your mind. Why do I need you? Please, someone tell me why on earth you will need to give me a prophecy at all. When in the world to come, I, <laughs> ignorance, so, <laughs> so many things I could say in response to that thing. But why would I need a prophecy? You're in a perfect state. I am in a perfect state. We are seeing Jesus we are as he is. Who, would, who needs a prophecy then? For what? What do you need me to tell you? Um, brother, this. God told me that in the next three days, everything I'm thinking of, you know already. So, who needs prophecy? And that's what the Bible says. By the time we get to the love stage, where we are like God, we're loving perfectly. You are loving God perfectly. And he's loving you. you uh, he already loves you perfectly. But you are loving perfectly by then. Everything will be smooth. Perfect love casts out all fear. There is no fear. Why do, don't you know what prophecy is? Major thing. What is prophecy for? What does the Bible say? Edification to build you up. You are already built up. What else? I didn't say you are already built up now. I said by that time. To encourage why, why, who needs encouragement when there is no problem? Zero potential for trouble. Zero. All gone. Who needs to be encouraged? These are the things prophecy... So when the Bible says prophecies will pass, it's simply because it will not be needed for anything. Nobody will... Perfect love. You've met perfect love. Why will you need to be encouraged? What is discouraging you? You need prophecy now. Because when you are told now, about what God is saying in this dark world where it is so dark and things are tough you look at yourself you wonder what will I do my life seems so near hopeless I do, what, oh God what's going to even happen with me or, or how will I survive what's been happening in the last three weeks or when you're wondering about all that and someone comes and says I had a dream about you or I was praying the other day and God said this Bam. That's light in the dark. A match has been struck. Hope begins to return to the child of God's heart. Even anyone, it's not even just a child of God. I mean, give an unbeliever a prophecy. You've made, you've, you've helped them. Why, are, why else are people so desperate? People that don't even fear God, where there's prophecy. Even if the person is lying like a thief. Mm, you, mm, after all, it's the first time you have come. I can see your star. Your star is so bright. All he's seeing is your black hell. <laughs> your star. <laughs> the size of this star. Is the... Then they remember there was someone else that might be jealous. So they say, well, it's a long time since I saw the size of this star. But someone said, you have a bright star. Is it someone that will beg you to put proper offering? You just happily empty your pocket. This one. Pastor, can you give me an account number? Just be happy. Someone, they, ha, you go around saying my star. Like, you think all the people that run for governor wanted to run for governor, eh? Huh? You think everyone in the political office wanted to run? Guys, you don't know somebody told somebody. Excellency, sir. 
You are just passing your own. Your excellency, sir. Human nature. Uh, uh, why do you say that, <laughs> sir? The place I see you, sir, I know you don't even know, sir. <laughs> sir. Pure, pure sinner. The guy has like 23 girlfriends. <coughs> uh, God, I can see it on you. God, 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 God did what? The person has no interest whatsoever in seeking. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying God can't pick anyone and make him. But I'm saying for you to go and be... Who said, who said that, and that's how the man would leave the business he was doing successfully for the past 30 years. Will he not drop offering for this man of God? Fat envelopes. He'll be sending goods and yam. And having false hope. Why else? Where else in this world have you ever seen so many advertisements? Do you see what people call themselves when it's time for elections? The will of God. Chosen by, it seems politics is more religious than, I saw one the other, the road the other, I can't remember where I was, the divine mandate, (laughs) everywhere, divine, straight, straight from heaven, and you keep seeing this, you think they just started, Mm -mm. they were in one church and, and next thing, people gather around and start saying things. That's how the man just got distracted. He should have focused on his business because he's going to waste millions of naira. And he will not become nothing. And this may have happened to an uncle near you. Sorry. <laughs> the confusing thing is how God could have told 20... Did I say 25? 25 people the same thing. Which God? What kind of confused God is that? Is it that when they wanted to type the thing out and send, they mistakenly, the computer now printed out other names? It can only be one person. Some of them, if he's told two or three people, some is not for that time. They need to compete once, twice, thrice. I know. It may be the third or fourth or fifth time. I agree. There are some like that. They needed to come into the limelight to be. Yes. But most. Someone just knows this one has money. This one has some influence in his area. He may be called to keep being a helper in his area. He may be called to be a chairman of his local government. He may be called to be something but not necessarily called to be the governor or the president. could just be called to help. He spent those millions just helping people, giving them scholarships on the condition that when they come back they will work for you for three to five years and you use the skill that they acquire. You send them to school, make sure they do well, then they come back, work for you, and they help build what you have. Maybe you would do good. Maybe that would serve you. Or you just do it. And in the future, when they become something, they, I mean, it could be any of those things. Maybe they say, ah, we have seen you. You're called to be a light in your community. It doesn't mean you must run for office. But those millions you pumped in, you could have taken one million and pumped it into ten lives, twenty, and covered all the education. Can you imagine? But you... Wrong ways of thinking. The wisdom of God is not like the wisdom of men, okay? Now this is a Bible study and today I want people to be able to ask questions. So I am going to still go to Matthew 12. But before we leave that place, just know this. He said he gave them milk, not solid food. Because they were not ready for solid food. 
they were still worldly. He wrote here and said, indeed, you are still not ready. So don't think that this book is solid food. First Corinthians is not solid food. He said, you are still not ready. How? I'm sure the people go like, why now? Why? This is why. You are still worldly. Worldly Christians are not ready for solid food. The best they can get is milk. You know, we tell people, come for the believers' classes. At Udoite. And we are hoping to have some on Saturdays too. So people that can't make it, we can have a crash course. of We cover two topics every Saturday. Also two or three topics. That way in three Saturdays we can cover everything. How many people are not want to be in the classes? They have a class and would like it to be Saturday mornings. Lift your hands. If you are not up to ten, it will not... One... I will not count children. I'm just saying that for those that are saying that they would like to attend the believers' classes, but Saturdays would be ideal. Not ideal. That it's almost impossible to do the other ones in the week. Let me see your hand. I am counting. I'm counting from my left like this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Some of you, you tell me why. Eight, nine. Out! And I was hoping you stopped at nine. You had to raise your hand. Haven't you had finished attending the classes? Or they bribed you to add your hand to make it ten? Wow, that was ten. You think some of these people have a job? Look at them raising their fingers. What are you? You're exactly students like the other people that come for it. So don't use that excuse. Uh, Bible teachers, do you agree to teach them on Saturday? You know, some of our people go to teach far, far, far down. Uh, on Saturdays. So, some of them are very busy already. Where are all the teachers now? Let me see your hand. Is, do you agree to teach on Saturdays? You can say no. Even me, I'm on your side, Seth. Why? People, see, let me tell you. I've never believed in Christianity that does not cost you. Never. This I've never, I've never supported it. I've never tried to make Christianity easy. Me? Easy. <laughs> You're not a disciple. You go to a church for Christians. Here we teach discipleship. Discipleship, you pay a price. Things are hard. We, we are not hard. Um, God will make it harder. Maybe time, but there's a price to pay. You want to walk with God? Ah, you want Jesus? If Jesus wanted it to be easy, why didn't he stay in the cities and preach? Where, where did Jesus do the whole meeting? Sometimes you just leave like this, go out into the desert. The people will follow him. The distance was so far that if they sent them home, they would faint on the road from hunger. That three days. That shows you how close Jesus was to town. Why did he do those kinds of things? When he wants to break down the truth, he climbs a mountain. You do healing down here, then you climb a mountain. By the time he gets to the top of a mountain, Matthew 5 verse 1, only disciples are left. Only. All the crowd have gone home. Say, wait, excuse me, when they go? Say, mm-hmm, they climb mountain, oh. Ah. You, they go. Me, I don't go house. <laughs> I mean, we don't they follow for this plane since now. No, no, I know ready to climb mountain, I beg. <laughs> so see, uh, the other one said, me, I'm going. Uh, I want to hear what he has to say. And Jesus will climb a mountain. Matthew 5, you know in all your storybooks, you saw Jesus with a large crowd. It's a wrong story. He was, there was no large crowd. The large crowd was down. Read chapter 4, Matthew 4. Large crowds followed him. Then he went up a mountain, the Bible says, and his disciples came and sat down at his feet. Why do you think he climbed the mountain? He doesn't like plane. 
No, you want to cut off the from serious, like fall away. He only wanted disciples. So that class is a discipleship class. But do you know the sad thing about these are discipleship classes, which how most of you have attended? You heard things that you believe very deep stuff, right? You've never heard before. Did you know it's milk? We've told you it's milk. What we teach in those classes, all of you that taught you, wow, this is meat. Wow. Solid food. Sorry to disappoint you. It is only milk we serve in those meetings. Milk that nobody that comes has ever eaten before. But it's milk. How do we know? Hebrews chapter 5 and 6. It tells you that it is milk. That Hebrews 6 was saying that you should leave these things. That this is milk. And go on. That you only return to it if God permits. That's what Hebrews 5 and 6 was saying. From verse 14. He said by now you should be teachers. But you can't handle solid food. But only milk. So he, repentance. Sing that memory verse for me. This Hebrews 6 verse 1 to 3. If you don't know it, Hebrews 6, 1 to 3. Go on to maturity. Don't lay again the foundation, the elementary teachings. Repentance from dead works. Faith towards God. All of it, milk. I'm looking at the people not singing. I'm wondering. So those are the ones that have not attended the class. Or they don't learn it in the, in the class. They do, right? Do they learn it in the class? Siphon, do you teach them during the classes? Sometimes. Teach them. Let them know it will be stuck in their heads. In case they ever think of backsliding. It will be playing in the back of their minds. In their backslidden states. Remember, you know nothing. Remember, remember, remember. That thing is milk. That's what I wanted you to hear. That's what I want you to remember. So can you imagine that resurrection of the dead? Which every time we try to touch here. Or a union judgment. And people go like... <gasps> when you mention hell. These are basics. That the early church knew. That the Bible contains. Which has been almost completely lost. And it is milk. I don't know if any of what I feel when I, we talk of these things. It is milk. We lost the milk. How about the solid food then? What about the solid food? We come here, we discuss milk. People go like, hey, milk. How many books of the Bible do you think are not milk? We think First uh, uh, Corinthians is deep. Hebrews, Hebrews, Hebrews. Deep books of the New Testament. It's not Hebrews. Eh? Have you not seen the book of Hebrews? Deep. It is milk. The Bible tells you, the book tells you, that brothers, by now we should be discussing solid food. We still have to manage milk. Chapter 5, see? So any idea you had, ah, in the seminaries, they study those books. Those are the deeper scriptures, which people leave alone. Romans 2, ah, very deep. Abby? 
So, uh, you don't know the deep books of the Bible? Ah, uh, come on now. The ones considered deep are the book of Romans and the book of Hebrews. Those are the major deep books. Revelation, just forget it. Don't even touch it. Just forget it. <laughs> Him, it and Daniel, apart from the first five chapters with the stories, uh, <laughs> just forget the rest. Those ones were not for us. Just leave it alone. But New Testament, ah, deep books. Ephesians, well, people don't think about it much. Ephesians is deep. Let me tell you, the ones that are actually deep a bit. Ephesians. A little. But remember that it is the book of Ephesians that it says that we be no more children tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Mm. And it's in Ephesus that he spent three years teaching daily, together and from house to house. So when he opens his mouth, he's like... Where do we see, see, see? Oh, how did I get here? Listen to me. There is a generation of believers that will be deep, that are meant to be deep. Throughout the years, God has found people here and there that He has revealed things more deeply to. They are not popular at all. That if the things we talk about that we consider very deep, and I know we are far deeper than the any average, like like way more. And I am here saying it's milk. What will happen when we start going beyond ankle and knee to waist and the one that we cannot wait? What will happen? How strange shall we be? How strange shall we be? And what will be possible when we... If the milk people could do work in the gifts of miracles, of healings, what do you think? The solid food eating people will be able to do. What do you think? No, no, what do you think? Babies. Jesus called them and gave them authority over demons. Heal the sick, raise the dead. What did those guys know? Nothing. They were carnal. I hope you know. The disciples of Jesus were carnal till he died. You, don't, you didn't know? They, on the way, as Jesus was getting ready to die around that night, they were quarreling. I'm greater than you. I'm greater than you. How many people do you hear that last outing? Not less than 102 people. Ask Peter. We were together. <laughs> they were arguing about those things. Jesus, have you, who has read this before? As they go, when he said it, Jesus asked them, what were you people talking about as we were coming on the road? Just picture Jesus walking in front. They were, you know how you people like doing now? Walking behind, talking, 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 talking. And Jesus was just going, crumb, crumb. And he's hearing. He could hear too. And he's hearing. Hearing behind him. He's hearing. You know. And then when he... The Bible says... When he got, they asked him... What were you people talking about? The Bible says they didn't answer him. Have you read it? Everybody just said... Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody answered. <laughs> Our Lord and Master. <laughs> they started doing like this. At least they didn't lie like some of you that say nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Copy the disciples, even if you must sin. <laughs> the only difference is I don't know if Jesus is to pinch me. I'll pinch your, your, your ear off. <laughs> you don't answer me at some point. What, what do you, uh, and then Jesus just, he didn't bother. He didn't wait for their answer. He got up, removed his clothes, tied a towel. Hey, see practicals. Tie. Peter said, God forbid. He was an older person. He's like, you will not wash my leg. Say, if you don't wash, you won't have any part of me. Ah, now only leg, bat me. 
Now, what was the... <laughs> when Jesus finished practicals, so those guys underwent a maturity lesson on the night before he died. Fast forward, all that theory he had been teaching them, it didn't enter. So he gave them practicals. It's after he did. There's a whole world of difference when God part of his maturing process, part of his solid food. Listen, I've taught this before long ago. I taught it during a believers class uh, round up meeting. It was the last meeting of the semester about a year ago. I remember teaching this. Solid food is not just depths of biblical knowledge. Solid food is where you learn to discern between good and evil through experience. It is practical. Solid food is practical lessons of scripture. Work out in your life. Solid food. How am I going to teach you uh, uh, what is solid? If, like when the Bible opens up in your life, when you learn healing through being healed, when you learn how to overcome the love of money through having no money, uh, who still wants to eat solid food? If I said it shortly before, everyone would have gone two hands, two legs. Who wants solid food? Yeah, I, I should have asked you first before, then, before I explained it. Solid food. Solid food is practical. Solid food is you standing, looking at a gun. And it's pointed at you. And you go on saying, Jesus is Lord. I'm not afraid. Because milk food is the one that points. Ah, God, how could you? It's not possible. No, uh, no, I, I didn't mean it to. Uh, like uh, your whole gist changes. You know the theory, but when you can look at it and go, the God we save is able to save us. But even if He does not, remember, solid food. And God is like, yeah, let's do the full. Let's finish these practicals. <laughs> Three people had to die, right? Huh? How many were there? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. How many? Three now. Three people had to die, right? Guess how many people died that day? <laughs> Why are you guys looking at me like that? The people that carried them <laughs> died. They didn't die. Not be three people. They didn't carry them through. Ah! Ah! They just went in. Those guys went in. The thing burnt off the roof. They went there. Ah, Jesus should have had now, guys. Yeah, seven times. Yeah, I'm here. It's my fire. Yeah, so what are you guys up to? Wow, this is really cool. Wow, how is this happening? I don't know why I told them. That's the last time we hear about those guys. But they had their gist. Ah, you guys have done your work well. Though. It's well. It's well. Go. I, don't th- I think you've passed the final exam seven times. Word of God refined in you. They had to, the king had to beg them to come out. What do you know the gist? Now, nah, come on, come now. Come explain. Because they just forgot themselves. I think Jesus said, it's okay, guys. You go. Go and tell him. Came out. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar. You know, King Nebuchadnezzar, they think he was a short man, very mean. He just went, I hereby decree anyone, anyone that speaks against these people's God. It's not just that they will kill you. Who has read it? They won't just kill you. They will pull down your house. Then they will turn it into a public toilet. You think I'm forming it now? You go and read it. What do you think dunghill means? Huh? Bible then destroy that. What you think dunghill means like nothing, just dunghill. It's a hill where dung. What is dung? Poop. Toilet. Rubbish dump. That's what he meant. That's exactly what he meant. That's what will happen. Say your house. Don't even try. They'll tear down the timber of your house and hang you on it. Don't even speak against 
They even talk again. They even think against, against the Jews and their gods. Because after every horrible test is a promotion. Did you know? Usually the more horrible the test, the higher the promotion. If you didn't know that, know it. So don't complain too much about your test. Usually a promotion is coming. Usually the more terrible the test is, the more scary, the more it shakes you, the more good will come from it. I didn't say it always comes immediately. That's where people err. You think immediately one magical thing will happen. No. Won't be so. So the Bible says that why were they immature? We'll talk about this more another time. But the Bible says they were worldly. They were not qualified to have practical lessons sufficiently and understand the deeper things of God because they were worldly. For since there's je- how how did he know they were worldly? There's jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not worldly? Jealousy and quarreling. Are you not acting like mere humans? Mere humans get jealous of each other and quarrel. And then others were saying, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos. Are you not mere human beings? They were picking and choosing who they say they will follow. Which was not right. They were followers of what? People. They followed people. He went on to talk about how you have to build your own life. Your whole focus should be on building your life with gold, silver. Let, let, let's, let's read this. Verse 5. Let, let's just read it. What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. So you came to believe on different people according to the job God gave them. I'm still reading First Corinthians chapter 3. Please focus on listening to what I'm saying. You can always read these things later. Read the, you have your Bible. Read the chapters. Focus on listening because you won't hear what I'm saying later on. What is Apollos and what is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe. What's the job of servants of God? Preachers, teachers, or no? They are meant to help you do what? Believe. Take notes. Take notes. Believe in God. You're meant, preachers are meant to help you believe. In the things God has said and what he has for you. We read it in the chapter before. That the spirit is given to reveal to you the things God has kept for you. So the preachers are the ones that by the spirit of God in them declare to you the things God has kept for you. And after you hear it, you're meant to believe it. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. How did he plant it? He's the first one that brought that word to them. He planted it. Apollos came and poured more of the word on them. It amounted to a watering. And then, but God has been making it grow. So it was God that made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. What did he say about the one who planted and the one who watered? They are... How does that make you feel? Oh, that important person. <laughs> Imagine walking up to a preacher and saying, You, you, you're nothing. You're talking to me? You're talking to me? The Bible says so, sir. Hey, you, nothing. Come. I want to find out about God. Is it true this? I mean... Ah, can we pass a law? Everyone, every, nothing. 
Okun, nothing. Ita, nothing. The right, nothing. Nothing. Now he says none of them are anything. The only one that matters in the picture is who? God. He makes things grow. It's him in those people that is the something. Minus God in them. They are nothing. And we are not to forget it. Don't forget it about anyone. I don't know. You know how you can elevate a human being to a status where the person is something. I'm not, of course you must give honor to him, honor to etc. The Bible tells you all about that. Especially to those who teach the word. Double honor it says, etc. That should always be in place. But on the other nobody is anything in the sense people take it. It's the God in them. So when that person has come to a place where he has even pushed away God, you have no business even having a thought about them. You even bother about them. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. And they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Do you see? They have one purpose. What should it be? That things grow. They were assigned. They are laborers sent by God. And what will they get at the end? I mean the nothings. What will they get? The Bible says they will get a reward. They will get a reward. Okay? They will get a reward. So while the nothings, all of you, to whatever extent God ever does anything through you, you're doing it for your reward, though. So don't uh, make too much noise. It didn't say... Do you notice that the reward is futuristic when you read the whole chapter? The, re, the reward is not now. Where do people err? They err by trying to make all the reward now. A little of your reward may show a little. Little. But the real reward comes after now. He says they will have their reward. He didn't say they have. They will have their reward. Reward will come. When the time comes, after the judgment. Judgment is not when you die. I will not explain Hebrews 9 now. We've explained it before. Go and find out. Reward happens at the last, at the great white throne, at, at, at the judgment day of the Lord. So those guys, if they were willing to be true nothings and focused on exalting God, when that day comes, they'll step, step up, yes, and they'll appear, and they'll say, you... Oh, for services towards the earth and the kingdom of God. This, this, this is yours. This is yours. This is yours. For the three houses you gave up and you wouldn't struggle with your family members for. 300 houses have been assigned you. For this, for that. All of that will be happening. And people will <gasps> That's when they real show. Judgment is going to be very interesting. That's when you wish you ate meat. You wish your Christianity was practical because you won't be rewarded for for knowledge of all the books you read and all the things you knew. Um, a library of books. <laughs> what, what, what do you reward? Jesus said, everyone that has given up father, mother, brother, sister, wife, children, land, houses, will get a hundredfold. Is that in your Bible? So, when all you accumulated was knowledge, me, I can quote the whole scripture. One hundred Bibles for her. Clap your hands. <laughs> uh, what did you want? Uh, you thought, you know how we keep thinking, may you learn the fear of God. Because people read this book and ignore it. They just read it. Immediately they finish. Like a man who has looked at himself in the mirror, immediately walks away and forgets. What. Don't, don't be forgetting what the Bible says. 
whatever you give, it shall be given to you, Abby. Good measure. Press down. Second, Abby. Abby. And so if all you have is head knowledge of things in the Bible, if you see the revelation I had today. <laughs> ah, Rev. Shatabayada. Oh yeah, now, what did you do with the revelation after you had it? Of what use is it in this world? What can we use it for? Does it help me have great hope? And help me endure more things now because of the hope? Then it's a good thing. Does it help me have more faith to bring healing to someone? And I can heal many people because of it? Then it's a good... You see, if it doesn't result in something practical in the... in 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 this age, then you won't get a reward for it. If you wanted to have knowledge so that you can astound people, when you walk into a place, you can say, people, today I would like to give you an exegesis on Genesis. The homiletics involved or the hermeneutics. Hey, all these are Christian words, so don't look at me like that. Homiletics, where do you hear it? Hermeneutics, you hear it. Exodus, you say, oh, now Bible people, they talk. And they break down. And you stand there, the apocalypses. None of those things are wrong in themselves. But if you live, to sh- that's why you get knowledge. So you can intimidate mankind. Or you get on judgment day is intimidation. Whatever it is you sowed, <laughs> you don't be reaping it. So watch what you sow. Because God will not change his mind. You will reap. Remember, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will reap. If you just walked around telling people that, do you know there will be a revival? Just walk around telling people, what you sow, you will reap. What you sow. You, who, who wants to learn how to evangelize? I've given you. How many words? What you sow, you will reap. Six words. So you just see your classmate tomorrow. You want to preach him. Uh, brother Tony, I, I just want to say that what you sow, you reap. Just quietly walk away. No long preaching. Do not be deceived. Whatever a man says, you reap. He just leave. If you think it's not powerful, try it. Pick your phone. Just call anyone. Send me as a message. Just send. Just fix what. Whatever a man says, that you reap. Bam. Just end. See if he doesn't have power. It's the word of God. Someone will lie down and not be able to sleep. Just sleep and try to say. So yeah. People be careful about what they sow. They won't sow anyhow. Just planting anything. You go open your mouth. Just plant. Don't plant nonsense into someone's life with bad words. Just know it will come back. Good man. And the quicker it comes back, the better. I hope you know the younger the plant, the less the fruit. The older the tree, the more the potential for wahala. Some people that want their judgment at the last day. You're not a wise person. No. Ask God for your judgment now. Now. Because by judgment day. Ah, the thing don't grow now. Very big. Enough fruit. Very big. Why do you think God used to judge David? Mama. You don't look at my David. My David. No, I can't allow this tree grow. Judgment day, thousands of years in the future. Mm-mm, David, let me beat you now once. Turn. Die, die, die. Just give him his judgment. Sharp, sharp. People will say, ah, did you see that wicked man? He died. Nothing happened. God is not fair. He didn't even punish this wicked man. Which God? Fair. Is God dead? 
Haba. Judgment day is coming. That man will be woken up. Boy, wake up. Isaiah 26. Wake up. The Bible says the souls in the dust will wake up. Wake up. Hey, you have been sleeping. It's long. Now come. Stand here. What am I doing here? I thought I was dead. <laughs> dead called dead knee. You have not read. You are sleeping. You read your Bible. The Bible says Jesus said he was sleeping. People wonder. Jesus is, God is always correct. You don't, de- I don't even know where we got the word dead. It's human beings that say it. So God allows us dead. It simply means for now. You can't reach them. But there's nothing like dead. There's nothing like it. You are. You will be. So he will wake them up at the last judgment. The Bible says, stand here with your fellow human beings and you will answer, yes, your life. Bring his book. There. Uh-huh. So, so he now did what? That time. And that time, you know, that time, and that, that time, and now that time. That time, that time. You are not in a hurry. Take your time. It's the last judgment. Have you finished saying that time? Angel, wake me up when he finishes. Uh-huh. That time, what now happened? Finally, me goes, Gee, I'm guilty. Uh-huh. We, we are making progress. Yes. So I now... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what do you deserve? I beg now, Ganovex. No, walk like that. Doesn't walk like that. What did I tell you how I will judge you? I said these words which I speak will judge you on the last day. Oh, yeah, open your Bible. Whether I have or not, a Bible will appear. It will open. The Bible says, and the books were opened. The Bible says it clearly. He says he says the books were opened. Revelation chapter twenty. I've told you this is not a book. You call it a book because it's compiled as one. These are 66 books. You call it the Bible. It's a library. Your bibliography. Collection of books you walked from. It's not a book. These are books. The Bible says, And the books were opened. And the book of life was opened. So these books will be opening all over. Personal advice. Read them now. This expo for exams. This seat here. Expo. Read it now. Get ready. Leave it. Because the day is coming. They will, you by force reading. As you just mentioned, the book will open. Exodus chapter. It will just open to the place that talks about the issue. Under discussion. And it will show your judgment. This book does not contain only precepts. The Bible says it contains judgments. So nobody is going to come up with a special judgment for you. The judge will not look at your face and say, well, well, if not that you, you have a fine face. Because nobody knows how, what kind of face you have that time. I hope you know it won't be the same. You don't know it won't be the same. You think you wake up looking how you look. The Bible says clearly that some will rise up to life and some will rise up to shame and contempt. It, <laughs> That's when you discover that external appearances is of zero consequence. It's better you discovered it now. No, no judge is going to look at you and go, fine girl. Okay, uh, this is what I will do. Nobody's doing anything for you. The book will open. They will analyze how far for you. 
your judgment will be taken from the book. It's called the law of the Lord. It's perfect. It converts the soul. Since you refuse to be converted now, they will convert you then. So they will say, uh, 20,000 years hard labor to pay back all the money you stole from Nigerian government. <laughs> next. Not the next person, no, the next crime. <laughs> How? Now he still is still. It's not he still is still now. <laughs> like the next issue. <laughs> you, as you, they mentioned the next thing. Lying. Brr, the book opens. I shall not bear false witness. Lying not one to another. Uh, every, then you show what you should do to someone. Do you remember that time you lied against us and so? The Bible says, do you know what the Bible's judgment against those that lie against someone is? Come on, I've said it before now. The judgment against those that lie against someone is whatever would happen to that person if they believe your lie. They will do it to you, you don't know. That's the judgment for lie. If they will flog this guy six strokes of the cane, if whoever, whoever pushed down the water will be given six, your father comes and goes, who poured this water here? I'm giving that person six now. Who poured this water? And you light it, put it off on someone else or denied it and they flogged someone else or you escaped it anyhow. The law is that you will be given six strokes. Which is why even today, if someone... Sorry, let me be clear. It, oh, I made a mistake. Look here, three people. I didn't make a mistake, but let me clarify. It's not only between two people. If you saw her pour it, and you, they called you and asked, and you covered her up, and this one was made guilty because she had no witness, you, you didn't do it. She did it. You lied to cover her. You will be given the punishment she should have gotten. That's the law on false, bearing false witness. Exactly what would have been done. So you can imagine, ah, can you foresee why there has to be a last judgment? And can you see why it would take so long to resolve all the matters? Ah, it would take a while. So that judgment cannot come up now. For all those that think mandaigo is unscriptural, don't believe it for a second. Everybody wakes up. Everybody wakes up. Everybody will wake up. You will see people. Don't worry. It's a good time to be around. You see people from Adam. Did you know? You didn't know? Adam will be there. What do you mean? Everyone that has ever existed will show up. What do you, it's God's judgment. It's called the last judgment. God talks about it over and over again. It's because of this wrong thing we've been doing with uh, Hebrews 9, where you say after immediately you die, you get judged. Nonsense. Nonsense. And all the visions you have heard, stories and stuff. I hope you know in the realm of the spirit there's no time. Sometimes what people see, they see into the far future. What they are seeing is God gives a glimpse. He's giving you a clue. If there's, I'm not saying, maybe there's a short temporary come here, sharp, sharp, but that's not the last judgment. Who are you going to believe? What someone said or what Jesus said? Over and over again, Jesus kept saying on the, on the last day, Paul, in the day when Christ would judge the secrets of men's hearts, 
That simply meant that all those that were dead already had been judged. The Bible keeps saying that. It said, judge nothing before the time. Over and over. This same chapter, the next chapter. Just the next chapter there tells you. Don't read it. He just said there that judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the law comes. There's a day he has appointed to judge the secrets of men's heart. That day has not come yet. That was the thing Solomon talked about. That the day is coming. So there's a judgment day coming. It's a lack of fear of God that makes people live like there's no judgment. There's nothing that it won't come up. If it's not under the blood, it's coming up. If it is not on, if you like, leave your anger and say the blood, the blood. Say, I hope you know God is not stupid. If you know God is just being there. You, you can't cover it up and keep doing as you please. No, you have to. The Bible says you should sow righteousness and reap mercy. You want to know. I've always told you how to overcome things. You planted all sorts of things. Replant good things all over. Let it overwhelm the bad. The blood of Jesus covers your sin. Okay? Washes away your sin. I agree. But don't stop there. Plant in righteousness, the Bible says, and reap in mercy. Plant good seed. Plant the word of God. Live the word of God. Do the word of God. And don't keep replanting bad seed. When the Bible says, don't be deceived. God is not more what a man sows, that he will reap. He was talking to Christians. So don't think after you become a Christian, you can go on planting anything you like. Ah, it's under the blood. No. If you confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us. What happens if you don't confess it? What happens if every day you do and then confess? You do again, you confess, you do and confess. You do that till you die. What about the one you did just before you died? Like how can you be confessing it and keep doing it permanently? How, how does that work? And I'm only saying this to people that are born again and the Spirit of God is in their life. Because if you're not born again, it doesn't matter how many times you confess it. There's no need. There's no need. Doesn't matter how many times you confess it. Listen, it says, For we are co workers in God's service. We are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. Okay? Remember, he was the planter, and this guy was the waterer. That's another name for laying a foundation, and the other one is building on it. So, the planter, in one instance, is the seed. In the other instance, it's a foundation layer. It's the same thing. Okay? And the one watering is the one building on what was planted. So God will allow you to have that in your life too. There will be people that plant a seed. And you begin to know, oh, I really, I understand God now. Oh, I've come to know God now. And then other, God will allow other people build on that. God will allow other people water that. He will allow them bring additional knowledge and guidance and counsel and instruction. But remember that you are God's field, God's building. That's the whole point he's making is that this thing belongs to God. That's the point he's trying to make. This thing belongs to God. It does not belong to either the one who builds the foundation or the one who builds on top of it. No. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. Someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. Each one should build with care. There are people that are careless builders. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Some people come to try and lay another foundation. Some, some people have no foundation. They've never gotten born again. Never. 
They just co- continued. It's like I would think the average person in all this, most of these TB Joshua kind of outfits. At which stage did they get born again? Someone posted on the classroom today, Olumbabu, uh, his son, Ronald, uh, his birthday, you know. And like someone asked, someone asked, like when we start, God starts having birthday, because they called him Almighty God or something, something. Yeah, all those names. And you see people that, like, when did you get born again? At which stage did you change? No, they just continued. They went to the church. And from there, the church, they said, join this department. And they just continued. And you see them years later. They have never had an encounter with Jesus. Never. They got there. God knows what happened. They had some problem. They went there because of the problem. They continued. They say, you have to help and do this. All those that want to be our members, come. And they continued. Some, they were born into the group with their parents. Their parents used to attend that place. They came there. And you wonder. That's why there cannot be any confusion as to why. There cannot be any confusion as to why most people... No foundation. What are you building? They try to start building without laying a foundation. I hope you know. That's not even a building. Would you live in such a house? Huh? They just pack blocks. Would you go and live in it? If they paid you money in court, would you sleep in it? Huh? What if someone paid you? Someone took blocks, stacked together, just kept them on the ground, then stacked it and put a roof. If they gave you, what about one million? Ten million? Huh? Some people are saying yes. What I'm wondering is how, where you will spend it from. Will you spend it in the spirit realm? I'm not sure you understand. You don't understand a house without a foundation. Some of you is illiteracy that is your problem. For what? Now how will you spend it? You lay down your life for 10 million. What, who will use the money? Your family members. I'll put the money in the grave with you. You can't be that stupid. <laughs> in other words, I'll deny any knowledge of knowing you. You can't be my, from my family. That person, we don't know how. <clears throat> the house cannot stand. A wind, a goat, a cat can pull it down. You, Seth, waking up and going, <sighs> touching the door, you're gone. So where will you spend it? Hmm? In the world of the dead. The Bible says there's only one foundation. His name is Jesus Christ. If you don't have Jesus in your life, truly, truly, you haven't come to him. You haven't gone into Jesus. You haven't called out on him and made a real God. Forgive me. Make me your child. Cleanse me from my sin. Wash me clean. And you haven't gone from light to darkness. If you're busy doing that whole church group thing. Ha! You know most people, their foundation is their denomination. That's the only foundation they have. There's no Jesus Christ in that thing. There's none. They're in a denomination. A group. A church. That's why when they open their mouth, they say, I am an, I am a, I am a, 
You are a what? An a ik, a east, an, an east ik member. What is that? Those things are not recognized in heaven. If whoever was your head in any of those groups is one of God's servants, the person's job was either to lay foundation in you or to build you. That's all. If the person didn't do that, if the person became your foundation, which is why you open your mouth and say something like, the God of, and you call a human being. Should I just give you a chance to repent now? Because the stupidity in the spirit that has been gone forth there, angels have ear problems. The God of, and you call a human being. You say the God of, then you call a human being a nothing. A nothing. In your mouth, you call a nothing. You cannot call a human being. You can't say the God of and attach a living thing. Every God that did not make the heavens and the earth, what does the Bible say? Shall perish from under it. You can't call a human being the God of how bad is your... I can permit an unbeliever, let me qualify it in case you have never heard me say it. I can permit an unbeliever to say the God of eternity. It, he, Jesus and him yeah. then God looks, and looks at me looks at him his ignorance the God of like they used to say God of Abraham that someone that oh, imagine someone going with the gospel and preaching in a village where they have never heard of Jesus some of you are wondering if I am really so let me clarify and I go in there and I heal some sick people and later on there's a problem and I've left the place or you and later on the person comes and there's a problem and they come and they say oh uh, Zumbuzu help us uh, this one none of it is working then they finally remember that person that came and preached there and things happened and they say the God of Kachigu listen now do you think God can answer Yes. He's like, yes, I am that. I'm his God. Yes, yes. And they'll go like, oh, that's how people, that's even how some false religions came about. Have you ever heard the story behind the, the God, um, have you ever heard the story behind the God, uh, what do they call it? To the unknown God. I've shared it before. You know that story in the, in the Bible? It says to the unknown God. They said that the people, there was a plague and a problem, in, historically, there was a problem and they offered sacrifices to the Greek pantheon, all those different gods in Greek mythology. No answer came. So they now said, I can't remember, but somehow, I don't know how they got to know about the real God, something, but they offered a sacrifice to him and the problem stopped. And since they didn't know his name or anything, they called him the unknown God. And they created an altar, a shrine for him. And it was the God, it was God, our God. But they didn't know him. That's what Paul meant when Paul stood there and said, 
he saw, he saw, he said, you people are too superstitious. It is this unknown God I have come to declare to you. And he went on to preach them. Remember at Athens now, on Mars Hill. Good. And it was the real God of heaven that was that God. But they hadn't known him and it had happened. You know, God had only been revealed to the Jews. The rest of the world had not known him. So, the Bible says that no one can lay any foundation apart from Jesus. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hair, straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, that is that day we've been talking about, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. Are you seeing how that day will work? With fire. That's why we keep begging you. Go through your fire now. I hope you know almost every time people fall into sin, it is an attempt to avoid fire. Why would they want to flog you six and you lie that it's not you? Is it not the fire of being flogged? The pain. The fire is the pain. The trouble. The stress. The difficulty. The shame. And we don't like it. So we would rather do something wrong to avoid it. We'd rather lie. We'd rather steal. How am I going to survive if I don't have something to eat? I know I won't die immediately, but I will be hungry. And you resist the temptation. You say, let me be hungry. You don't do a bad thing. You don't lie. You see, it's fire. It's this fire that people are always avoiding that is waiting for them. In the day of judgment. So it's much better you face the fire. Agree to be thrown into the fire. You won't die. Jesus, remember the song we sang at the beginning. Emmanuel. The one in the midst of the fire with those Hebrew men. Those three Hebrew men. That was. It's only in the. Hey. It is in the fire that you meet Jesus. I hope you know flour and eggs and Milk and a few other things can make something edible, right? Who has eaten raw dough, raw mix before? You've tasted it. How many of you have taken time to eat the size of a loaf of bread? From Let me see your hand. We can do deliverance right now. How many of you know it's nice but in very small amounts? When you pass and you're there and just cut a small piece and put it in your mouth. You don't want a handful. That's not nice. And nobody wants the size of a loaf. What is the difference between that thing and the one that you struggle for? Give me now. Give me. It's called fire. And you don't want fire. God can't eat you. Only in small amounts. Therefore, you to offer yourself, Lord, living sacrifice. As you just said, fire will just fall. Because nobody eats raw, raw, raw stuff. How many of you want God to accept you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable? I've just explained that scripture for you now. What is, what is it that will make you acceptable? It's called fire. Stop calling fire on your enemies. You have sent all of them to heaven. Ask for fire on yourself. Because it's fire that makes you palatable. It's fire that, why do you, why do you think, 
attend the class. It is called the lake of fire. It has to be big because there are many people they will put in at once. So there will be one cook when in a day phase one. Oh yeah, phase two, lake of fire. Why didn't it? Oh yeah, come, enter. Enter. You guys are not smiling, you are so sober. We say there is an end to the lake of fire, so don't be afraid. We don't say, the Bible says, enter. That's what the lake of fire is. It's when they are going to cook every other person that refused to be cooked now. That refused to suffer anything. You don't want any pain. You want to be raw food. And God couldn't accept you. You are not an acceptable sacrifice. But the day will come. <laughs> you don't push them. Plenty. There's nothing like you go. I'll come later. No, now. There's no more time. Time up. Enter. They sling you in. Not throw. Then they throw people inside. They'll be throwing people inside. And the fire of God's words will burn out all the trash. I say, I advise, get rid of all the trash now. You can't get rid of it by yourself. Submit it to God and his fire. He will burn it out. Then burn it out. All those things you fear and all that. You soon discover that they... Jesus, was he hiding? He looked at them and said, Don't be afraid of those that can destroy your body. Be afraid of the one that will destroy your body and your soul. In fire. And who was that? I've told you the word for fear in that place is phobos. From which you have phobia. That's the Greek word. Phobos is not another word. Jesus was... Some of you that have asked, like some people ask me, are you us? Yes. Jesus was threatening. <laughs> he was threatening. It was not, he was not hiding. Gentle Jesus, make a mouth. He. I've told you he's unscriptural. There's nothing mild about him. He's meek. Don't add mild. He said, come to me. I'm gentle and meek of... Huh? I am meek and lowly of heart. And you shall find rest for your souls. He didn't say I am meek and, 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 and mild. Eh, mild? Mild, come mild. Gentle. I am meek. I am lowly. Humble. I'm just small, small. Nah, nah. You see as you see me. You're touching me. I'm Jesus. I'm of kings. You know the next time Jesus showed up and John saw him. Who? Who is an actor here? Do you know what John did as he saw Jesus? Have you used to be in drama group? Stand up. And you better now to fall. In the book of Revelation, Jesus showed up. You need space, so stand, sit back. In the book of Revelation, Jesus showed up. Who has read it before? Revelation chapter 1. Jesus showed up like this, and John saw him. Do you remember John? The guy that used to lie down with his head on Jesus' chest. I mean that one that was really cozy. Jesus, he would tell Peter, Peter, shift. <laughs> that guy, he saw Jesus. The same Jesus. That is John. This is Jesus. <laughs> Very good. Good actor. The Bible doesn't say. The Bible says he fell down like a dead man. He was out. The same Jesus. Oh. So when he said he was meek and lowly, he meant what he was saying. He was not just talking. He had put away everything. The Bible tells you, though he was God. He did not count equality with God something to be held onto. He took on the form of man. That's lowliness. You know, that revelation has not come to us yet. You have never sat down and thought about it in your mind. Ah, Jesus, that's why he called his name anyhow. You have not considered 
that God <laughs> define loneliness. This is the same person. He shows up. Everything drops. He just drops. He was God. And he's terrible. And very powerful. Like don't forget that all things were created by him. Like he was there. Let there be earth. Sun. Stars. Like he, he, he made them be. That was the person that I walk around and say, Jesus, and someone removed his hand and slapped it. So I, God forbid. I hope those guys repented before they died. Da! What a, that, what a wrong person to touch. Imagine on judgment they just coming. And you're the one that spat at him. Hey! Hey! You don't be begging. Can you create Mount Hell? Just create his special. Just create special. <laughs> and they say he's the creator. You know, such people, that's why sometimes when people that were in quote bad, God has to show up for them a bit more. I don't mean ordinary bad, I mean like those Roman soldiers and those Jews, those people. Ah, they needed. Therapy. That they need therapy from God Himself long before they see Him face to face. Or it won't be good. They tore out His bread. They spat at Him. They laughed. They flogged Him. Those people tell them to flog their father. They wouldn't flog, Abby. They wouldn't flog their father. They wouldn't flog their child. Then they flogging the creator of heaven and earth. And dragging His clothes. Hey, it's possible that that centurion that God, that they appeared to was one, maybe the centurion that when Jesus died, he knelt down and said, this man was the son of God. And the guy just, his whole life became full of works, good prayer and alms giving. Just, <laughs> just. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be any of those guys. God forbid. Try. You know, but that sounds easy to say now. What about when you do it to any of the list of his brethren now? He said you're doing it to him. So be careful what you do to any of God's children. Be very careful. Oh, be careful. Oh, be careful. Oh, be careful. I could make a song of it now. Be careful what you do to a child of God. Should it be Fuji music type? The Bible says the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what has been built survives. Did you hear? If what has been built survives. Did you hear? If what has been built survives. If it survives. The Bible. You know Christians of today. Someone says that, say, to fear quite, it's not my portion. No, you can't say if. The Bible says if what you build survives, which simply implies that what you build may not, you can't presume, you can't go around, uh, ah, everything I've done is a lie. And this is someone's life work. This is the person's life. The Bible says if it survives, if it survives, what should happen? The builder will receive a reward. 
Do you hear that? Even what you kept building. It says you receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Did you hear that? We don't, we don't hide anything in the Bible, we see. You know, most people will tell you, ah, hell. No, no. You had the foundation. No, not lake of fire, no. You will survive. Well, I don't know. Let me not talk about lake of fire. The Bible says, even though only as one escaping through the flames, so they will put you through the fire. Everyone will go through the fire. The question is, what will be left after the fire? This is then. That's why I still repeat my advice. Go through your fire now. Agree to fire. Don't fight fire. Don't have this attitude that says, me, I know, go suffer, lie, lie. The song is a lie. The Bible promises you suffering if you follow Jesus. It's a promise. Philippians 1.29 It is given to you not just to believe on his name, but also to suffer for his sake. It's written. The Bible says if you suffer with him, you will reign with him. What happens if you refuse to suffer with him? You will not reign with him. So you may still be saved, but eh, it is through fire. Why would you want to postpone the evil day? Face it now. That which you are, he that fights and runs away, lives to fight another day. Don't run. Face the fight. Get over with it. You will not die. Come in a bad way. You may even die physically, but it won't be. It's better than the other. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Bible says so. So what do you lose? Nothing. You don't know in heaven things are happier than here. You don't know. You don't know. Some of you don't want to go to heaven. How many of you want to go to heaven? I wish someone had a video camera in this house. <laughs> Strange things. Now, can, can, you know, the question would be, what did he preach that would make his crowd not want to go to heaven? <laughs> when all over the world, people are like, yeah, heaven, 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 heaven. That's all they live for, to make heaven. It's well, it's a sign of progress. People who are good to heaven, heaven is not a bad place, don't be. Heaven is much nicer than this place. Much, much nicer. Like, you'll be just happy. Just at peace. Even with no reward. You can manage someone's land now. Imagine that for eternity. <laughs> Tenant. Say, watch how you live, oh. Not to be landlord here. Are you always going to be a tenant? Say, this year I'll be a landlord. <laughs> Better be careful how you became the landlord. You might be a tenant for the rest of existence. Be careful. All those popular messages. Be careful. That you don't end up being a landlord at the expense of being a tenant. It's much better to be a tenant and then be a landlord for thousands of years, yes? Uh-huh. Better keep your priorities in order to go and be squatting forever. 
You believe on my land, you pay. You think you live for free? No, see, hey, look at me very well. If you're in this house, in fact, if you're hearing me by audio, if you're in my part of the world to come, you're in my kingdom, the portion I'll be given, one of my cities, you will walk to live in it. You will walk. You will till the ground. We'll be making food now. You will plant. You'll clean the gutters. My city will be clean. You should have suspected now. To be clean. Who will make it happen? You think angels? People. May you not be among the cleaners in my world. There's a price to pay for not being a landlord. May you not have to pay it for 30,000 years. Hmm? Nobody talks about this, but this is milk. Why do you think they used to want to kill those guys and they'll say like, he killed me. They'll set their neck well. No crying. They'll set their neck. You think they were so bold? No, they knew something. They knew something. The Bible says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. Did you hear that? For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness in God's sight. We already talked about that. If I don't touch one thing from here, then I'll be guilty. So, Matthew 12. At that time, Jesus went through. I'm just going to grab one, two, three a few things and toss it out. I'm going to because I want to take questions. I want your, your mind to focus on this part. Jesus went through the grain fields on which day? Be with me. I want you responding. On the Sabbath. Sabbath. The Sabbath is what day of the week? Seven. The seventh day of the week. Where are we? We are on the verge. We are transitioning into the seventh day now. Do you agree? We've looked at it in the past. I don't want to start writing on the board again. Someone can help me do it. Hey, Anne, get a marker. Give her a marker. We are in the seventh day or the third day. However you want to look at it. That's where we are. Me and you together. Literally, in time. From Adam till this time is the seventh day. Not complete. The beginning. The verge. I can't even study completely. We are closer to it than anyone has ever been. In literal chronological time which simply means that we are entering the Sabbath day and what did Jesus do on this Sabbath day look with me because I'm showing you prophetic symbolism what did he do he went through the the grain fields what do you think Jesus will be doing in this day he'll be going through the place where there is Oh, you literally give a thousand years to each other. Awesome. That, that's better than anything I ever came up with. Alright, so, good. So, are we counting? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Good. So, Adam is at the beginning? Yes. So, if you count it from there, just that I won't have what to put in between your thousands. So, so I usually take it in two, two thousand. But for every line there, put that line there. Why do you clean it? Good. One. Now, so, that is from Adam, if you jump two spaces, two. No. Okay. Continue what you were doing. Uh, you get to Abraham. And if you jump two spaces, again, you get to Christ. Yes. 
So that's exactly how it has been in actual times and seasons. Okay, so Adam to Abraham, 2,000 years. Abraham to Christ, 2,000 years. And then from Christ till, from Christ till the time we are in, which is on the edge, come to us. Just put now. Yes, that's where we are, literally. Two two thousand years pass between all those red things you see there. That's the seventh day. That's the Sabbath of the Lord. We are entering the time of rest. And the Lord is going through. What what does the Bible tell in Matthew thirteen? The harvest is the the Bible says in Matthew we can't open it all, okay, so don't worry. It says the harvest is the end of the age. Do you remember that Jesus was given for a sign? We just talked about it again a few days ago. He was given for a sign. Okay? So, the things he did, the things that are recorded. I hope you know the Bible says that if all the things that Jesus did were to be written down, there wouldn't be space to contain it. Have you read that before? At the end of the book of John. So, the question you should ask yourself is, so, the ones that were written down, on what basis were they written down? What did Jesus tell the disciples? He said, I will send you the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance whatever I have said. Do you understand what that meant? Literally some things were taken away from their minds and the Holy Spirit helped them remember and emphasize certain things and not talk about certain things. So your Bible itself, your New Testament, the synoptic gospels were limited in its writing because only what was needed was put down. The Lord did not permit everything to be put down. Are you understanding? Good. So, Jesus was for a sign. And many of the things that were written were symbolic. The book of John, many of the books of the Bible, they are signs throughout all the different things. Feeding the 5,000, feeding the 4,000. He may have done those kinds of things many more times. But it's not written down because you don't need to know all. You need to see the ones that are for signs. Alright? You remember the stars in heaven were for signs? And Jesus was for a sign, yes? And Jesus is the light. So is Jesus a light? Good, the big light. Hmm? He too was a star. When he was born, what was... So Jesus is a sign. Jesus, his life. Alright, so he goes through the grain field as a sign. This tells you something. And it's on the Sabbath. So it's going to go through. There's going to be a massive harvest. There's going to be a massive harvest. So many people are going to come to the knowledge of God. In, the, in these days. More than have ever come to the knowledge of God. More people are going to get born again. Uh, you see all that your rapture plan? You see that in our rapture plan? It's not going to happen how now think. There's going to be stuff happening. Many people will come to the knowledge of God. Many. I know you have everything. Things will get worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the peoples. But upon you, the light will arise. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory is not upon the people. When the light shines in the gross darkness, what do you think will happen? Who knows like better? The people in the darkness will head towards the light. Do you understand? Like the distinction will become so vivid that many people will run. Okay? So, I believe though a lot of that will also happen in the, 
age to come. I actually believe that. That's my thinking. So no one should ask me any question about that. Um, his disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Instead of Jesus just behaving himself and going, It's true, shall you guys stop now? He went, he answered, Haven't you read what David here and his coming hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priest. Or haven't you read in the law that the priest on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath, and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. Who is that? Jesus was greater than the temple. These people had a respect for the temple and its actions and deeds. And Jesus said, hey, hey! I am greater than the temple. What are you talking about? I am with them. The mere father, I am with them in it. You, you can't con- they can't be wrong. If they could even ignore, commonize the temple back then, how much more when I am here? I am greater than the temple. So you can't judge them. That's what he was trying to say. It's very important to always remember this. If Jesus is with someone, with something, with, is involved in something, and he says nothing about it, it's possible that if you go and ask him, he'll tell you, hey, hey, they are not wrong. So it's wisdom to be asking God things. So the Bible says, he answered them that, if you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Did you hear that? Like that place is so loaded that if any of you were to leave here and go and get a revelation on that, your life wouldn't be the same. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. This seventh day, Jesus is Lord of it. He's going to show himself as Lord like never before. The earth is going to see Jesus as the Lord now than it has ever seen. He's Lord. When he showed up, when he was saying these things, it wasn't the Sabbath yet. Are you hearing me? The Sabbath is nigh. is upon us now. We are really entering the Sabbath of the earth. And Jesus is Lord in it. He will rule it. Why do you think it's called the millennial reign? He's going to rule it. There won't be competition. He won't have competition in, in, on the Sabbath. The Bible says on the Sabbath day he rested. He's going to sit down. In be- before that, he was walking. A time comes, hey, you sit down and drive away all evil with his eyes. He's not going to. Where the word of the king is, there's power. His word will go forth. He's going to bring every knee under subjection. Till the only enemy left will be death. Then he'll make that one submit also. Going on from that place, he went into the synagogue. Whose synagogue? The synagogue. Do you take notes? What do we call that today? Church. He went into their church. Who went into it? Jesus. Take note. Same day. He has finished countering those ones. And a man with a shriveled hand was there. A hand that was shriveled, withered, held back, uh, incapacitated, limited in its ability. Someone with a limited ability. You know one of the ways I know God is going to bring a revival, a change amongst Pastors, shepherds. The word pastor is shepherd, literally. It's shepherd, self. You shouldn't even say pastor. You say pastor, you're thinking of all sorts of things, but, but it's okay. Pastoral, that's why. Have you heard of pastoral farming? Hmm? Do you ever wonder why? 
So the Greek word is poimen, and it simply means shepherd. And pastoral farming speaks about care of herds, flock, sheep, animals like that. All right. So, um, but one of the ways I know that there's going to come a change in the in his, amongst his pastor, the Bible says in uh, the book of uh, Micah, where it talks about woe unto the shepherd that leaves the flock or that abandons the flock, that doesn't take care of the flock. It says a sword will strike, will shrivel, will wither his right hand to wither it. God promises his word will wither, will make his right hand, his eye and right hand wither. That's what it says. What does the next line say? Summary, we'll still read it, is that God healed him. You know God healed that man? That's all. He healed. The withered hand was restored. That's not the first time we saw a withered hand. You saw it also in the book of First Kings, where the prophet brought a word. He brought a word to the king, Jeroboam. And he stretched out his hand. A bad ruler seized him. And his hand withered. And he said, please pray for me. And his hand was restored. Do you get prophetic? That's three witnesses. The Bible says here, looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? All this mindset, you know, you know this whole, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping, I'm touching two things at once. Do you know this whole teaching about how the end of the time, how the whole world is going to hell and be destroyed, is, is the same thing that the Pharisees did? It's Sabbath. You can't do uh, miracles, healing. It's Sabbath. Don't do anything on the Sabbath. Don't do anything on the Sabbath. Is it true? This was a wahala. The other one, they were walking through the grain fields. It was allowed that if you're going through someone's field, you can't pluck the thing and take it home. But you can take and eat. Did you know? You can't, don't try it now on your own. But in God's law, he allowed for you. You're passing under someone's mango tree. And mangoes are hanging though. You can, that's completely different from climbing it and shaking. No. <laughs> but if you pass, the fruit have fallen. You can pick it up and eat it. Now, the people will quarrel. But God allowed it. In his law, yeah. You know God commanded Oh, distraction. The Bible can be distracting. You know how you pay, who was it that asked a question? Someone asked a question the other time. God of the Old Testament, God of the New Testament. All that is absolute bunk. Because God, I told you God has not changed at all. Do you know the Bible says that you shall love your neighbor as yourself in the Old Testament. In the law of Moses. In the law of Moses, he says love your neighbor as yourself. Who do you always claim said that? Is it not Jesus? Jesus was quoting the law. The law is no longer applicable. The law is applicable full, fully. It's your interpretation of the law that is the problem. The law according to the spirit as opposed to the law according to sin and death. The law is applicable. He said love your neighbor as yourself. So the law allowed many things that you, we don't even do now. The law did not permit you to harvest your, your farmland fully. The law commanded you not to reap. If this space outside here is your farm, the law did not permit you 
to complete when you get to the corner of your land he said leave the corners alone why he said for the poor the people that barely have any land and the poor was usually strangers orphans widows they don't have land here they are strangers they are on exile they run from their own land the bible says when they come to your land to seek help he said allow them and he said you should treat them how you treat yourself the bible says so so as you're harvesting you just get to the edges there you had cucumbers or you had maize and they were like five in that corner five in this corner five here five like 20 stands then there are about a hundred in the middle. You can't go home with hundred and twenty. You have to leave the rest. And the ones that fall, he said, leave it. Correct. Go home. Because those poor people went about watching. As people are going to harvest, they will follow. And they will be watching. And they are meant to stand there humbly by the side. When you finish, if you had obeyed God, they would go home with food to eat. They would go home with food to eat. And they were supposed to be able to do that everywhere. And survive. That was God's provision for the poor. That's Old Testament law. Who does it now? The law is from before. The law was harsh. The law killed everybody. Which law? The law was not so. The law was good. The Bible says the law is good. Where does it say that? In the New Testament. It says the law is good. Romans 7 says the law is spiritual. It is when you read the law with a carnal mind that the law is bad. The law is good. So Jesus said, How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. It is lawful to do what? To do what do you think is going to happen in the last day then? What do you think is going to happen in this season in which we are living? Good will be done. Are you hearing? Oh, there will be more good happening on earth than has ever happened. So all of you that have been told that the end, ah, <laughs> everything, Satan, <laughs> ah, everywhere, it's the end time. 666. You better, hey, if you, if you're on, if you're here and you learn from me, just adjust your mind completely. Don't look at people and go like, it's end time. No need. It's the exact opposite. Because Jesus is going through the grain fields. And he says, the harvest is ripe. The fields are ripe for harvesting. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. You should be a laborer to help him bring in the harvest. Don't carry the Pharisee mindset that the Sabbath, good things shouldn't happen. That everything will be There are people that will oppose everything we are teaching here just because we say things will not only get bad, that things will also get good. They are like, no, you can't take that from us. Things are going to get worse and worse and worse and very bad. And Satan will own everything. If you take time and ask them, where do you get it from? They'll say, have you not read the book of Revelation? Which they don't even know what it means. One error leading to another. And leading to another. And leading to another. 
Now, I know I said I'll take questions, but I won't answer every question this night. For all of you that are planning to ask me questions from Revelations and all that, I'll answer what we can. But I know that there are things that we can't answer now. When we have a retreat, we answer some of those things. We take a day. We take ten hours, six hours, and we deal with things. And you open the Bible properly. How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. What's the way to get healed of limitation? Stretch it out. Stretch it out towards the king. Stretch it out. When you stretch it out, healing will come. Keep stretching out your hand towards the Lord and he will restore strength to you to carry out the things he ordained just as sound as the other this hand became it was completely restored just as sound as the other but the pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill jesus what did the pharisees do after jesus did this miracle they had a testimony service huh uh-uh, someone just got healed now what else should they do something good just happened oh it happened against their own timetable Oh, Sabbath day. You don't, oh, it's against their beliefs. And because it's against their belief, they left there and went and planned how to kill Jesus. How to remove him from the equation. You think anything has changed? It has not changed. Today still, if God really wants to start doing things, and he is going to do, and he'll do some through you, people are going to look for ways to delete Jesus from the picture. Instead of rejoicing that someone has been saved, delivered from darkness, brought out from demonic problems, they will ask, are you our member? Are they one of us? Come here. Which group? What is the name? Mm. What are the qualifications? Which Bible school did they go to? Um, Who are they under? Now I'm thinking of the things they used to ask Jesus. You can't remember them asking Jesus. By whose authority are you doing this? Whose smicker? I explained that before. It didn't mean by just whose authority. It meant that who are the two rabbis that laid hands on you and appointed you a rabbi? Who appointed you to be teaching? Because in Jesus' time, two rabbis had to put their hands on you and say you have reached rabbi status. You're no longer just a law, a Torah teacher, a law te- teacher of the law. You have reached a rabbi's There are few rabbis through history. Few. Very knowledgeable, deep people. They tended to be old men. Because they have to have studied and known scripture so thoroughly for such a long time. And they came to a place where they could give remas. I'm giving you the real thing. Like Remas was, was not just logos. They are not just repeating what... They are not quoting. The scribes and Pharisees... The scribes and the Torah teachers would quote someone. They say like Rabbi Susan says, like Rabbi Susan says. The rabbis themselves would say and say that's what Jesus was doing in Matthew chapter five. It is written, but I say it is written, but I say it is written. That's my interpretation. I'm giving it to you. So they asked him once, "Who gave you authority?" Who, who? So those are the kinds of questions. Who is he under? Who is she under? Who is the person's mentor? Who do, they, who do they pay tight to? Anytime they ask you, say God. Who be the people where they chop the tight for this place? Guess who? 
you want to know literally, who do you think takes up all this, uh, anything that comes in here? Uh-huh. You see, people are in trouble. <laughs> Only one person said it. The rest of you are sitting down and look at me innocently. You think he goes anywhere, he comes back to you. Back to sender. This is the good form. Where, do you, where, do, where, do, where, where did he go to? You haven't brought enough for it to go anywhere else yet. So, <laughs> just goes right back. We are obeying scripture now. The Bible says, eat the tight before the Lord. Don't worry, you know, the other day I was looking, after all those testimonies till so late, I was like, oh God, we didn't plan well. Don't worry, if we are going to stay late again, they will go and buy bread and come and give everyone. Bread and water. Don't add obsoros, just bread and water. <laughs> Don't add to what I've said. <laughs> so I'm serious, so next time, any, every, um, all those people that are responsible for such things, you should have thought of it. Haba. The moment it was up to a certain time, we shall go and buy biscuits, plenty like this, in a carton. So something, so God's children won't be um, in <clears throat> Now, the Bible says, they went out and planned to kill Jesus. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. What happens when Jesus notices that he wants, that they want to kill him? What does he typically do? He withdraws himself. Are you wondering why God is not in some places? No healings, no miracles, no prophetic words, no experience with God. They tried to kill him. They planned on how to kill him. He withdrew. He left. He moved away. A large crowd followed him in spite of this. huh? And he healed all who were ill. He healed all who were ill. Do you remember he said he was Lord of the Sabbath? I mean, he healed one person. They quarreled. So he left the place. And healed one other person. He healed all. He's like, eh, because I heal one person and the verse, and I never see something. He started healing everyone. I hope you know Jesus did not always heal all. Every single time. He said, he healed all. Which is the attitude you should have. When you see Satan fighting something too much, do the opposite. Have you heard? Do what? When he seems certain as opposing something too much, just do the opposite. He wants to bind people, set them free. He wants to blind people, open their eyes. Whatever he wants to do, counter it. And then if he seems to attack you because you did it a little, do it plenty. Have you heard? Do plenty of it. So, it has to be an attitude that we have. If you fight like that, you'll be fighting God's way. You'll be fighting God's way. He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken. What did Jesus have as he was healing them? He told them, don't tell others about me. Who does that? Who does that? People that are doing fantastic things are not announcing it on TV, on radio, on television, on, what's the difference between TV and television, please? I think it's tiredness, right? <laughs> Hunger and tiredness is the difference. <laughs> All of you are hungry too. Did you notice? <laughs> so we are in this, in this booth together. <laughs> he didn't announce it though. Jesus was healing all and telling them each. Don't tell anyone who healed you. Have you heard me? I hope you know they often disobeyed. But at least maybe some would obey, right? 
Why would someone be doing these things? Do you remember his brothers in John chapter 7 telling him, nobody does these things and hides. Go out openly. And he said, my time has not come. How many of you want to be like Jesus still? You haven't done one miracle. You want the world to hear. You haven't done half a miracle yet. Ah, You print a flyer. See flyer now. Brethren, the God of, and you put the name of your church group, the God of, he has packed from everywhere else. He's only living where you guys are now. And the God of. Let me say that thing I wanted to say, so I will not fail to say it. May God deliver you from a place. May you not be a disciple of men. I wanted to say it in 1 Corinthians 3. I post it. God of Apollos. God of Peter. Uh, God of uh, Paul. God of uh, the God of the God of anything. If you ever put your trust in man and make people who you are following. I was telling this nice Jehovah's Witness fellow. You guys, I like you guys. You say some things that are true. But uh, I pity you guys too, sorely. I don't know what you guys will do on Judgment Day. It's not that they are worse than us. To be honest, the Jehovah's Witness seem to be better than the average Christian. Let me tell you how to identify a Jehovah's Witness. Let me tell you. You can test it. When you, okay, you don't, well, maybe, you may have opportunities still. Maybe they come to do something for your father or mother or someone. When you see the worker that comes around and seems to be a little more diligent in what they are doing, that one that runs a chemist and seems to be more organized in running that his chemist, he may not sell on credit, or may seem a bit hearted, but at least you have the medication. When you see the carpenter that says, I will do it, I will do it, and if he can't do it, he says, I won't be able to do it today. Uh, maybe tomorrow. When you see the... What did this one? This one was a tenant to someone. When you see the one that says, I will pay my rent. I'm sorry. And the time comes and he can't pay and he calls and tells you. Or pays. Or tells you in advance. No. Without your calling to say, Why have you not paid your rent? Why have you not paid your rent? And on his own, he says, please, where are you? And comes by himself to pay it. Once in a while, just mistakenly ask, which church do you attend? You may find that it's a Jehovah's Witness. Ordinary Christians don't behave like that very much. You may have, you, as I'm saying, you may not have known. You may have been coming across them here and there. You just didn't know they were Jehovah's Witness. They just seem a bit more neat. They are not tattered. Who has noticed any of this thing I'm saying? Have you ever noticed? Have you? Did you study it now that I've said it? Be looking out for it. Even though I told them yesterday, I said, you know the reasons why you guys are like this? Because you have a constant influence from the white man. There's no other denomination like yours. And the white man's culture, even minus God, is better behaved. Did you know that they are constantly influenced straight from the top, from America? You didn't know? They are magazines now. Have a steady. They are influenced. They are being told the similar things steadily, weekly, constantly. Not just ancient writings, present tense, over and over again. And they emphasize behaving well. 
So it influences them. I told the guy, I said, it's not just that you people are necessarily good in your heart. It's just that you have heard it so often that you have to be different. The question you should ask yourself is why you have not heard your own so often. The Lord will bless you. You can be a 419. The Lord will just be blessing you anyhow. Do anything you like. But I, the real reason I was mentioning this story is because I was telling the guy, hey, why I pity you guys so much is that you honor your organization more than God. And because of that, you're in deep trouble. Because on judgment day, God is going to say, come here. You honor the organization more than me. And you say, how? I told him, let me tell you in advance. In fact, I didn't want to tell him. He kept saying how. He kept asking. I said, look at your Bible. You swallow hook, line, and sinker what you can confirm for yourself. You swallow hook, line, and sinker what you can confirm for yourself. Because that is what your organization teaches. Don't do it. You don't care. And then if someone points out something from the scripture that counters what you say, you never answer it. Have you talked with them? They deflect it and talk about something else if they can't answer it. At most, they plan to go and ask someone. I say, no, you don't. I said, you do personal Bible study. They said, yes. I said, the only personal Bible study is, you do is the, with your own material. So, like, you I didn't say it this way, but in other words, you guys are messed up. Now, this is the problem. In their mess, they are better than the ones that don't even do any studies at all. It shows in their life. And I, of course, I know the major thing they don't have that just spoils everything is that they have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come. So even the people that don't pay attention to the word much but just have small Holy Ghost, they seem to be more hope. That's how we seem to be better off than they. But if, they, if there's a combination of Holy Spirit, I told him, I said, can you imagine all the preaching you guys go about doing if you were healing the sick too? Try. There will be no space. You know, one Roman Catholic priest left the Catholic church a few months ago in Aquaibom State. Have you heard of the crowds in Ibom Hall? Have you heard how many... There used to be crowds already. Non-Roman Catholics were going before he left. As he came out, people just went that this is not a church. It, they, they, all over, they left your churches. They were just waiting for him to no longer be associated. That's all. I heard someone went and offered him platform. He said, no, that's not what God called me to do. Your people started running after them. No, the guy draws crowds now. Massive crowds. Massive. Ibum Hall sits how many? 30,000? How many? Large. Uh, massive numbers. The thing overflows. It's full. Overflowing. No space. That's one. Just recently, a Roman Catholic priest. Imagine if the Jehovah's Witnesses are healing. Everybody becomes a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, because nobody can move around preaching like them. So what's the hope? You don't stand. You couldn't fight them if you tried. Well, with with their with their no, I I tell them. I said your God is dead. That's just the point. Your own God is dead. He doesn't talk again. He stopped talking since he wrote the book. He died. He wrote the book. Take. I bequeath this to you. Take him. He died. He died. 
so annoying. His last will and testament. They died. The author died. You killed him. The book killed him. Took his breath away. Because when I tell her, I say, your God is dead. They say, how can you say that? Why are you saying that? Say, your God is dead. You can't be the God I serve. Yon is dead. He doesn't talk. I be, you know they don't believe in prophecy. They don't believe in healing. They don't believe in visions. They don't believe in dreams. They don't believe in anything. No, God does not do that again. So you can't quote the Bible. You can't say, but Joseph, but Daniel. You can't say any. He used to. That thing I said at the beginning. 1 Corinthians 13. When that which is perfect comes, that which is imperfect will pass away. Prophecy will pass away. They are an example. But I've told you they are not the only example. Some of you here, we only know Church of Christ. Church of Christ believes the same thing. They are cessationists. They don't believe God is still alive. Every people in those groups, they are the ones that go to juju people the most. You didn't know. You haven't lived long enough. You know. They are the ones that sneak behind and go to juju people. And go to prayer houses. All those groups that say they don't believe in it. They go. They hide and go. But officially, openly, no, we don't believe in these kinds of things. But because man was made to experience power, they can't survive without it. So they have to go to the devil. Instead of just agreeing, ah, this my church teaching is wrong. God has to help us come to acknowledge that power belongs to God. And God can do anything. What have I tried to get us see? From here. I won't go beyond here to, n- today. But what have I tried to get us here from Matthew chapter 12? We are living in a season when God is going to do amazing things. I don't want to get into verse 24 down. It talked about him casting out a demon and people said. But let me just say something because it was like a warning. I don't know how it applies. So I'll just say it. They came to the Pharisees. The Pharisees saw Jesus. He cast out a demon. He was blind. He was deaf and mute. Demons manifest within people. Their nature. So the Bible says that the demon was deaf and mute. That it made the person unable to hear and unable to speak. It wasn't a physical affliction. It was demonic. When the demon came out, the person could hear and could speak. It was a demon. Which is why as God delivers us from the different things he's been doing in the last month or so in this house. You know, lots of deliverances, lots of amazing, amazing things have been happening. Quietly. Not in meetings like this, but in, you know. You should immediately have an attitude that should expect to see the opposite of what you used to experience. Because whatever demons were in you, they were countering what God wants you to do. So know that the opposite of what they were doing is God's will. I hope you are listening. Don't be distracted. Listen to me. This is why, even though I'm not reading it again, I'm still saying it by mouth. Because I believe... You know, one would have thought that during this season we've been doing all this, we should have been teaching on demons. That's how my mind would work. I should be teaching on demons, should be teaching on spiritual warfare and all that. Well, maybe I'll talk more about this on Friday, maybe. But if you read this story, this is where they, because they didn't want to accept that Jesus was using the power of God, 
They said he's casting them out using Beelzebub. They said Jesus was using Satan's power. And it was such a serious accusation that Jesus answered, Every sin that men commit will be forgiven them, including against me. But sin against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven in this age or the age to come. In other words, don't ever call anything that God is doing, Satan. Don't look at it like this. And you know it. You know it is God. But you know that if you agree it is God, it means you are wrong. And because you say it's Satan, Joe. Not because you think it's Satan. Because these guys did not think it was Satan. They just opposed Jesus. That's all. You can never come to the place in your life where because you oppose something, you call it Satan. You cannot call. That's completely different if you're ignorant. Completely ignorant. But if you know what you're doing, that's where that terrible speaking came. These guys, they can never know me. Not in this age. They will never have this Holy Ghost in this time till they die. And they, that means they simply the arm was over before it began. It was a bad thing. But that's what happened to them. And unfortunately, in those stories I was telling, that's the kind of, when I asked some of those our friends, I said, so what about the times God, I have touched someone and the person got well? I know I'm not in, how, what happened? Do you know what they told me? You know, the Bible says that there will be lying signs and wonders. So what about the times God tells me things before it happens and because I've seen it, I can avoid, I've seen temptation, seen myself in uh, prophetic experiences and I see myself being or about to be tempted and about to be tempted and I find myself in reality in that situation. I see step one, step two and I'm like, wait, I have seen this thing happen before and it did not end well. And I take action. Do you understand? Hey, respond now. Because some of you, I'm making you respond because some of you, God knows how many times he has warned you before something happens. And you see the thing and you say, I've been waiting for you. And you fall into its arms. Meanwhile, God can show you. People think that temptations, when temptation comes, God stands and watches you and says, let me see what you do. It's not so. His name is Emmanuel. He's with you. And many people, I know, I know. Was I there when it happened? I was not there. But let me tell you in advance. Many of the nonsense you fell into and have fallen into. Almost every time. Especially from now forward. Before all that. God, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He will show you before. He will prepare you. He will organize things to make sure it doesn't happen. When you finish taking all the signs. You ignore it. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. When you fall into it, know that you pushed yourself. You jumped in with your two hands and legs into temptation. Because God delivers people from evil. If I asked you specifically, you say, yes, it's true. Someone picks his phone and starts getting tempted to look at nonsense. Battery does, bang, bang, and goes off. The person looks for a way and charges it to continue. You want me to say, is it true or false? There's no need. I don't need to tell you. How do I know? Because it's happened. God is able to deliver the godly from temptation. I know. 
I know. And anyone that has worked with God for a little while knows it's the truth. Over. You're tempted. You're sitting next to someone. And temptation starts coming. starts whispering. And you start doing that stupid thing they do in films. It doesn't happen in real life. Right? But they look at themselves. Now they look at themselves. And their faces start moving next to each other. The door. And the door goes back. That is the deliverance. Of God. And all you're meant to do is stand up and leave. And never find yourself in that situation again. But when you see someone bent on committing suicide spiritually. Then they will now hang around and wait for the person to leave. <laughs> what do you want for God to do again? What do you want him to do? He's, he's struggling to save you. Listen, I'm saying this so we can be delivered from sin. And the power of sin. Because God's power has gone out into your lives. But his words will establish you. Believe in God and you'll be established. When God warns you, he interferes with your attempt to fall into sin. Don't counter him. You were already wrong in attempting to sin. His love is so wide, he interferes with it. You don't hang around. They leave. No! You thank God. You thank God for the salvation. And you're like, Kai, did I do that? Was that about, oh, thank God. You don't go like, oh. That means there's wickedness in your heart. And you're feeding the wickedness. Have you heard me? Has everyone heard clearly? You want to use the phone. God knows you're about to. Someone says, please, can you loan me your phone? You were already clicking. And someone says, please, I need your phone. I need to tell you. don't say, no, I'm using it. No, you're not using it. You're thanking God. It's true. Queen, queen, take it. Take. Don't give me back today. Give me tomorrow. You can finish the data. You, you thank God. You learn to recognize your help. Stop saying my help is in the name of the Lord. Then every time he tries to help you. Because what I know from experience is if you keep trying, he will leave you alone. Don't you know? You know it. Some of you know small. Some of you know well. Many times when you insist, he stops. Doesn't drag with you. Because it's like, I am, I am, you told me to be helping you. Here I am trying to help you. You are just about, many of it has happened already. You are just there about to do something stupid. You're, I've never called you before. Your phone just rings. Ring, ring. And it's, it may, like, it may not be me. Someone here. Someone you know that is always asking you, how are you doing? I hope you are loving God. Your, your phone rings. They say, how are you? They're not meant to go. I'm fine. I'm fine. While well, telling the person, wait, wait, wait. I'm fine. You're meant to. My shepherd. I have to go. They don't ask you, where are you? You go like, I'm around. In the hostel. You're not around. You're in a wrong place. And the only reason God made them call you then was to get you out of that place. To trigger your conscience. And you're meant to go. A message came in from them then. And you saw. How are you? This person when they communicate. Even for one year. Six months. That day. You're meant to look at it. And talk to yourself. And carry yourself. And leave that place. Are you hearing this? I hope you're understanding how God helps and leads. Because people are always saying, God never talks to me. I've just told you how God talks to people. This is how. And you must learn to recognize his, his phone calls. 
When God calls you, say yes, sir, and throw everyone else out. Tell me, eh, please. Answer the call. All right. When they ask you, where are you? Don't make me talk much. Because I know there are times I pick my phone and call, where are you? Where exactly are you? I'm like, exactly. Where? Carry your things now. Stand up now. I'm calling you back in five minutes. I want to hear the sound of kekes. I want to be hearing it. Maybe that's why I don't communicate too much. Because when I do communicate, uh, it's, I'll be sitting on my hand. Somebody say, come, come, come. God. And somehow I'll pick, I'll forget. Because something is... It's not just when someone is sad. Yes, there are times or someone needs something. But generally, many others are led like that. You have ignored it, ignored it, ignored it, ignored it. What do you want God? He, you have been warned. I've done my duty. I've told you right now how it works. That's how it works. I do not want you to push yourself into temptation. The, the prayer is what? Lead us not. But. So when he delivers you and you know. And you run back into it. Has he not done his part? He has done his part. You must do your part. Amen? Amen. Do not call what God is doing. Satan. Okay? Don't say, now Satan send them. When it is God. And if you are not sure something, don't speak against it. Have you heard? Don't speak against what God is doing. Don't abuse it because it is countering what you believe. What you believe may be wrong. The Pharisees were strict in their attempt to follow God. But they are following of God was dead. They had rules that had substituted God's word. Fear God and his word and you will do well. This Bible is available to all. Read it. It may not be open to you fully, but read the one you can. Those people that said they want to have classes on Saturday, come on Saturday. There will be classes. But tomorrow we will continue to pray for people and like I said, God has been doing amazing things, you know, in the last nearly four weeks of uh, having those prayers with people and lots of demons have been sent packing. But what I just said last is how you prevent demons from coming back. Many of you, what happened, you didn't understand a lot of what happened, a lot of the deliverances, people have not understood what happened. You're just like, hmm. And then some people live there like, hmm, they prayed for me. Hmm. And you go and live. You can't do that. Don't be silly. I didn't read. Go back and finish the chapter. The Bible tells you when a demon leaves a man, he goes and, Jesus said so, he says he goes and roams around. And then he comes back to his house. His former accommodations. And if it is clean and empty, empty is the operative word. Don't worry, it's our Bible. But don't read what I'm not reading. Pay attention to me. Empty is the operative word. You don't go, you don't, go, the, the spirit realm doesn't do empty. Are you hearing? Everyone that has been with me for up to a year or two or more will tell you that one of the reasons we didn't use to go after demons Almost at all. This one we are doing is because God tricked us into it. Which is the way he gets me to do things sometimes. Because he forced us to do it. I mean, people start, because we were wasting time. People started manifesting without expectation. So, what are you going to do? 
when you deal with it. But why didn't we? We didn't used to want to ever cast demons out of people except we were sure the person is ready to follow God and be serious. Because I don't want to be responsible for someone having eight demons instead of one. Please, I beg you, you must be filled with God and the Holy Ghost. I know many of us need to be baptized. Probably this Saturday or Sunday morning. I'm thinking Sunday morning. Because the 22, tell all of them, the 22, we are going to meet. We would have met today if we finished earlier. We are going to meet on Saturday morning before. So the meeting with the 22 will last about an hour. And it's going to happen on Saturday morning by 7 o'clock. Come. And then they can go. Those that are not in the prayer team can go. And then the, we will stay and go on to pray for... Or let's make it 8 o'clock. 8. 8 to 9. And then from 9, we will start praying for people. How many people was, wanted to be prayed for but uh, have not been prayed for yet? Let me see your hands. You're here and you... like. You haven't been prayed for, and like the whole Psalm 139 thing, search me, try me, and all that stuff. Let me see your hand, please. Okay. I can see one, two, three, three hands. About three hands. You know, it's funny. Even when we invite people, we invite uh, three people, four, then you see six or seven show up. They are not raising their hands, and after they will show up. But after this Saturday, officially, after tomorrow, in fact, those people that raised their hands, I think you are already, most of them are supposed to come tomorrow, Thursday. Some are supposed to come. Father Bong raised their hand. I, can't, I didn't see Bernard there raised his hand and all that. But you're supposed to come on tomorrow, Thursday, by five. We are to pray. So there should be about three or four people tomorrow, apart from a few others. And then Saturday is the last day. That morning, if you come after, like Father Bong showed up yesterday, late. We, she was here. We didn't close. We didn't pray for her. I told her, go. If you come late, we are gone. You can't, we've spent four weeks. Yesterday I felt sick for the first time in nearly, God knows, almost 10, 15 years. I don't do sick. I was sick. Because I've been rushing out every early in the morning, coming back late. And then we stay here and we'll be praying for people sometimes till 10.30 at night. And if you have seen the prayer meeting, it is manual labor. It's not a joke now. You haven't been here. When eight people are sitting on one person, you think, you're looking at their sizes. Forget their sizes here. When you look at him, they are small here. When that thing does, it's very strong. One human being to a hand, sometimes two, one hand. The one that is sitting on top of the back, then the one that is sitting on top of the leg, then the one that is holding the head. Because every part is alive. You wouldn't believe it till you see it. Every part, as strong as bulls and oxen. Strong. Demons. Now, so we've been praying. Now, all that stuff that has been happening has been God with us. Walking out things. So you can serve God. All those that have been saying, God knows I've been trying. I've been trying. To serve you. God knows my desire is to serve him. But it seems I can never stand. Have you checked? Demons. Insiders that are not allowing 
you to ever grow or to stand. That's what we've been countering. That's what we've been encountering. And that's what God has been kicking out. And we have seen God very beautiful, very kind. You know, very, you know, we'll hear more testimonies on Sunday. I know there were almost seven that is in the second group. We'll start earlier and then even the third week from now, there were so many more hands, so many people that want to give testimonies. So we're going to allow testimonies. Come on Sunday. If you want to come and hear some of the good things God is doing, like, like last Sunday, come on Sunday. Invite your friends to come and hear what God can do. But officially, this Saturday is the last official day for having special. We've been doing it for, this week makes it, am I wrong? Is it three or four weeks? Four weeks. Literally having a meeting every day. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday from morning till night. Sunday, the same like that. We've just kept going like that for nearly four weeks. And the human bodies are human bodies now, you know. And the people are students too. And family people and all that. So, please, for all those that are used to acting anyhow, being tardy, and being guys, and being girls, and being tough, all that. When the door closes, I didn't say it will close permanently, but don't disturb us anyhow. We will do our own younger that time. If you know you need to be prayed for, show up. If you are saying, God, if there is anything in me, that is offensive. Any wicked thing in me that shouldn't be, that stops me from doing your will. Show up. Don't allow anyone beg you. Show up on Saturday morning by 8.30. Be here. Sometimes you start, you think the prayer will be five minutes. You start one human being, one hour, one and a half hours before the demon leaves. So it's not always as simple. Sometimes we drag because some people, the day finishes and we can't finish. I hope you know spirits. They are not just one always. Sometimes you kicked out three and there are three left. There are two big ones. One leaves, the other one stays. These things, questions. What about all those ones there? In fact, it's true. I was thinking of asking for questions, but the questions, I say, ah, all these announcements you people are bringing today, eh? Let's announce this one on Sunday. House matter. And for all, you know, some of you are so weak. The reason you're so weak, you've never lived with a real Christian. You haven't lived with Christians. And you keep saying, God knows my heart. God knows your stupid heart has no desire to do a right thing. God doesn't know anything about your heart. All he knows is you're a liar. You want to grow up, but you don't want to be around people that will make you grow. Say, no, I, I like being born again, but I don't like being around born again people. There's a devil in you. That's why you have to come for prayers. There's a devil in you. If you find yourself averse to Christians, I mean the real ones that have fire, you have demons. Because why are you averse to them? If they are not going, especially this type, it's not that they are coming to you saying, you're wearing trousers, you're wearing trousers again. Hell street, hell street. They are not saying that. So what did they do? You know, they will ask you, how are you? Did you read your Bible today? You don't want them near you. You have issues. You want to be super worldly. If you want to grow up amongst the easiest... How many of you have grown up by being around serious Christians? Raise your hand. Look around you. That's the easiest way to grow up spiritually. Be around people that wake up early and pray. Be around people that 
that that are spirit around people that will dream about you and tell you I dreamt about you today. Be around people that that will care, and you will you you you'll be so you grow so fast. And some of these people you have them for a few months left. Some of them you have them for one year. They'll be gone. And some people by the time you come to your senses, they are gone. You'll be surrounded with by people that are your mates spiritually. And all of you, when you want to fall, you fall together. <laughs> eh, because in the past, I've asked people, you did this. Did you tell so and so? They say, I told her. She saw. And what did she say? Inside me, I say, hey, wrong number. Oh. Say, so she said it was okay. I'm like, mm. I'll swallow spit. Instead of having someone that said, no, no, you can't do that. No, 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 you don't do that. You couldn't do that. He's being irritated about a particular thing. Say ants. Does it mean being afraid of them? Not exactly. Make sure your irritation is not fear. There's a difference between fear and, and irritation. Irritation is like, ah, cockroaches. I don't like cockroaches. Like, Nyah. But on the other hand, like I said, with fear, you have to face it. Like, what do I do sometimes? Like that ant, if it's not the type that will bite you, and it won't hurt you like that big one that likes sugar. That sugar and won't bite you. Maybe you should force yourself. Kill it then. Touch it. Kill it then. Carry it. Hmm? Overcome. Do something. Or maybe even a like climb your hand while he's still alive. It doesn't bite. It doesn't bite. Okay, not the back. The front of the hand. You won't feel it much here. Yeah. Just do little things to overcome your fears. Like with water. Eh? You hate water. You're afraid of water. Enter it till you stand it. Stand in it. While people are playing around, you stand this deep. Uh-huh. After I go out, the next time, go deeper. Just overcome fears. It's, it's necessary, okay? But this question is not from today. I don't know why. Did I say anything about fear today? If a born-again Christian by mistake commits sins, you can't commit sin by mistake. While he or she... Uh, while he or she has been... I think I want to say born again. I don't know. Again, and pleaded for mercy. How will they be judged? The blood of Jesus covers your sins. If you confess your sins. I already said it. But I don't think if you plan to, purposely plan to commit sins, that God considers that. I don't know how to say. It. It's the First John 1 verse. The Bible, it says in First John chapter 1 and chapter 2, it answers your question. Go and read it. But chapter 3 tells you that someone that is truly born again does not habitually practice sin. That's what it means in verse 9 when he says that he that is born of God does not sin. It doesn't mean he never sins. It means that it is not he or her lifestyle to purposely sin. Sometimes when we are bound by something like an addiction, it can seem as if you are purposely sinning. But one of the ways you know you are not purposely is that after you sin, you are so, you're heartbroken. You feel bad. Some people don't feel bad. They just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I told you how someone, someone committed fornication. Felt very bad. Told the person, kneel down, let's pray. Let's ask God to forgive us. They knelt down and prayed and said, God, forgive us. They got up, lay down on the bed. Before they woke up in the morning, completely, they committed fornication again. Woke up in the morning, the guy said, let's pray and ask God to forgive us. <laughs> the girl looked at him. Like, are you serious? Because the girl's conscience was killing her, but the... The guy said, hey, now, the Bible says, the girl said, no, I don't have that kind of heart, and left. She's a much better person. The guy got up and went to his job in the church where he normally works. 
Mm-hmm. Life goes on. So all that kind of nonsense is what goes on. So I don't know how. They, so there's a difference. Are they, like I said, sometimes we seem to be bound by something and we keep falling, stumbling. We did it again. I quarreled again. I masturbated again. I acted this way again. I did this again. What's wrong with But in between you're like, Oh God, I'm sorry. You know I want to. First John chapter 2 covers that. But there's this attitude of, Where are you going? I'm just going out now to hang out with some friends. Come here. Come first. Is today not church? Please, I don't feel like coming today. Please, I already promised my friends we are hanging out. No, you're not. There's no mistake. You're a sinner. You like sin. There's a very big difference. That you are sitting alone and then your hand now. See, let me tell you one of the ways to overcome pornography. Don't stop late at night. How many people are able to look at pornography with anyone around them, including their bad friend? It's hard. Don't stop late at night. Don't stop late at night unnecessarily. Alone. Don't be quiet in a corner and it is late at night. Because Satan brings ideas. That's when people start saying, Hmm, let me just browse. From browsing, next thing, you've entered another dimension. The way I'm saying it should let you know that I know how these things work now. Uh, Don't stay up late at night. Stay awake at night too long. You don't want to, don't go for a night class and sit outside with someone that you might be attracted to. Don't. You say, you did it today, you did it tomorrow, and you keep doing it. Look, what do you want, T? What do you want? What do you want to happen? It will happen according to your faith. Don't you know it will be unto you? He say, no, no, God knows I, I didn't want. Then stop planting seed and asking for crop failure. Don't plant seed and keep watering it. You put the seed in the ground. Kill it by starving it. Have you heard me? All these things I'm pointing out that seem random. Of course, you know yourself. I'm talking to you and you're not one. You know you didn't tell me anything. But you know. Don't, 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 just stop. Your deliverance has come. Don't, don't look for trouble. Don't put your hand in, finger in God's eye. Okay? He will forgive you, but ah, what about the flogging? Now he may flog you. Some of you think that, that person that asks that question, many times you think that when you say God has forgiven you, you think there's no discipline. That's a mistake. We've studied it. You must be a new person because we've talked about David here. You will be forgiven. But nobody said that when you're forgiven, you will not receive six strokes. Nobody said so. People think that forgiveness means they won't touch you. It's a lie. That's the nonsense they preach in churches now. If you want to know what God's forgiveness is like, sometimes, not always, go and read David. Don't try God. Don't test him. You don't look at him purposely. And you tell, even my little daughter, say, don't touch that thing. Don't touch that thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Me, I'm sorry too. <laughs> Does it mean I don't love you anymore? Will I throw you away? You are my child. When I die, I will leave you an inheritance. But right now, we have to make you able to manage the inheritance. I will lay hands on you. Give you an impartation. You are laughing. I am telling you that's how your God is. If you think it is. Some of you, right now, you are undergoing discipline. Some of you are about to. 
He may have, he may not flog you for all the past ones you did. But from now, after he has told this, like, you do that next time, you're getting a spanking. I don't hate you. I love you. It's because I love you, I'm going to spank you. Do it. This time they will catch you. It will be clear. You'll be ashamed. Because they'll put you in front of assembly. So don't, don't tempt God. The Bible says, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't. You see something that you're struggling with. Carry yourself and go and report. You have my, my phone number. I keep talking about my phone number. Get it from anyone. I was very tempted yesterday. What do I do? What do people want? You want fasting and prayer? Not me. You want prayer? Which prayer? How? Where were you tempted? When? Is that the first time? How many times have you seen this and that? Okay, listen. Obedience. Don't go there again. That's all. Just obey it. That it is going to do wonders in your life. It will be like heaven came down. Meanwhile, all you did was obey. You, you, you want some special thing. Just tell the person, I'm sorry, my pastor said I shouldn't come here again. I can never come here again. That's all. People have been delivered from immorality here just by being told to never go somewhere again. And they stopped going and they were never tempted again. That's all. You, you want a special feeling. It's not always so. Obedience. I'm not actually saying that the law is kept apart, but Hebrews 8 says the Lord. God found fault in the first. That was why he brought the second. Yes. If there was no fault. Which law? The law of sacrifice. Go and read it well. The law of blood offerings. So, Jesus became the, the, the provision for the second. He wasn't talking about the spirit of the law, which talks about the heart of God in life. He was talking about the Levitical priesthood. He brought the Melchizedek priesthood. So the version of the law that is applicable now is the Melchizedek version, which is the spiritual version. Jesus became the lamb in the Melchizedek version. But who tells you what the lamb will do? The old one gives you the details of what the lamb will do. From the time Jesus died, when he will be sacrificed and everything, the first law told you how it will happen. Amen. We are going to pray. And it's just, I think, one prayer point. The prayer point is this. God, help me grow up. Is that cool? Sorry, let me say this about that last question. You have to keep coming, okay? You have to keep coming. We've talked about it in detail, like in the past. Real detail. But I don't think or know if we have the recordings from, from retreats and so on. But if you keep coming, someday we'll definitely speak about it again. We pray you receive eyes to see ears to hear and an understanding heart remember test all things and hold fast to what is good for more information visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org